All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into. Uh, well, I guess we don't have a name for this, do we, Chris? Yeah, yet? we don't have a name yet. What, what are we thinking? Chris and Damien or Damien and Chris's punk podcast or whatever it winds yeah. up being, I guess. Yeah, sure. we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll, we should have thought of that before we <laughs> we should have thought of that before we went on air. But uh, you know what? That's that's part of the thrill here, because yeah. uh, I'm I'm thrilled to kind of announce that this is something that we've been talking about doing for a while now. But yeah uh chris strata and myself damien abraham are going to be starting and do uh starting to do a new podcast together yeah. about punk and uh i think both of us just wanted to do you know we have these long conversations with each other kind of going yep. into this stuff and wanted a place to kind of discuss this in a public forum yeah in a little deeper way not so much like yeah just kind of deeper being a little more critical about punk or you know in a in a way that's like for 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 good you know yeah yeah and i think yeah. that's the thing about this culture is it is such a a rich and 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 global culture yeah. huge culture huge culture uh but there's stuff in it that is uh worth discussing and, yeah. and worth examining that yeah absolutely i think there's a lot of stuff whether it's like you know it's worth talking about like are why are swastikas still celebrated in punk e even if it's ironic or talking about like you know yeah just different aspects of it like talking about like hardline was that it you know like talking about hardline straight edge and like the the deep stuff that came out of that and is it was it positive <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah i think this evolution yeah. of this culture has been um well it's been something that's kind of shaped things outside of this culture and yeah absolutely it, it, there's a lot of nuance and a lot of stuff to unpack be it yeah. something like hardline and and the people that were involved in this sort of yeah uh, homegrown terrorist movement i guess yeah the way to describe it and everything from like you know even the way that like punk is a affects mainstream marketing and advertising now yeah you so know. this was this is kind of like i guess not really what we're going to be doing for mm -hmm. the actual shows for the bulk of them but we are going to be doing some interviews yeah and you and me had not one but two opportunities to sit down with one of the most difficult people i ever interview oh, yeah fat mike uh, man fat mike fat mike yeah I, I i warned you in advance too i i called you and was like listen yeah, that Mike's going to come in there for this live podcast and it's going to be. And I was trying to find my way in and I was also trying to find my way in because you guys. Not necessarily on your behalf, but there's like a little bit of a contentious relationship there where like, you know, I, I, I don't know if he has this kind of like shits on you, big brother mentality or, or like gives you a hard time. But you but but you also don't let yourself and you go back. You go back at them and you guys have you. I think what's good about the relationship, even though it's not like the most pleasant one, but it's not a volatile one either. But it's one that like I think most people don't question him. And I think and I think what you do is I think you question him in a good way. Like you you kind of go, nah, dude, let's talk about this. Like, you know, I I I, I think that's what I admire from a, as being the third party. I think that's the politest way of putting it. I think we yeah. just, he and I, uh, yeah, just, it's just two conflicting energies. And I think it's because yeah. Mike says it himself in, I forget which part of this interview, um, but in one, in one of these two parts, he says that he really loves when people 
feel uncomfortable and he, and he yeah. kind of like that's when he you know yeah, gets makes, off on that man <laughs> really gets off on that yeah. and i think that for me is the thing i hate i don't want people to feel uncomfortable especially during a conversation about yeah. yeah yeah this music so yes yeah uh, i totally see what you're saying and i think you're right i think there is a lot of that where it, but this one this one was interesting because we recorded one live at the museum and that was kind of like for better or for worse it was kind of a shit show and yes. and I, I don't know i i hope you found some gold in that audio and and then we had the second one where we got to sit down and it was a more of a it, that felt really good it, it that felt even just from an audio level i think it's probably going to be better yeah i should warn everyone this was recorded yeah. in two very separate parts uh the yeah. first part being it live in las vegas at the punk museum which yeah both of us got a chance to kind of see and i guess we should talk about that in a second too but the, yeah. the second part was recorded in our respective domiciles and mike was actually once again back at the punk museum that's right yeah and it is uh the audio, audio quality on the first half is befitting for how chaotic the podcast is yeah, i remember chaotic. Uh, we should also say that we're joined by fred armison as well yeah. on this yes, first that's part. right fred was there yeah i remember at one point catching fred's eye as as we're going into this podcast and he's giving me this look like what the hell have you dragged me into fred, fred was uncomfortable for sure it fred was, was uncomfortable uh, but it made for a, a a good conversation to get all yeah. four of us together yeah um, i think so yeah and then the second part where we actually have a chance to actually sit down and talk to mike is going to be at the the later half of this episode so if you yeah. can't take the audio quality on the first half just skip ahead to the second part and we get yeah Absolutely. We get pretty in depth. We talk about uh, a lot of sort of, you know, it's not just talking about cool bands this time around. There's actually yeah. some some. Deeper... Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's about like kind of asking personal questions, like you know, questions that are probably, I think, a little deeper that delve a little deeper. You know, asking him without giving away too much. Like, does he feel at peace where he's at with the band? And one is why does he what's his thoughts on why people don't like him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know which is interesting because i think that was like I, I, most of the people that i've talked to about this punk about going to the punk museum yeah um are, are you know we're excited they want to hear all about it but there are a, a number that are kind of like oh fat mike and there that's yeah. their immediate reaction i think fat mike is someone that has such a uh a strong personality that he's bound to be divisive for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. You know, myself included sometimes. Like sometimes yeah, yeah. he says shit to me where I'm like, why do I like this guy? Yeah. Yeah. And but I also I, think I, it's a weird thing because for at least for a lot of us, like dudes, I think we're probably similar in age, is that like he he played a pivotal role into absolutely. like us us getting into this music. I mean, when I came of age in like the late nineties and I started discovering punk, it was like, it was through Punkorama and like Epitaph and fat records. And I didn't stay just there, but that was my entry point. And then, you know, so yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, he's uh, yeah, he's an interesting dude. He is very interesting person. And, and it's someone that has, dedicated his life to his version of this music and this culture yeah. in the same way that you know Ian Mackay or Jello Biafra or yeah. 
or Kathleen Kathleen Hanna, yeah, or, Martine yeah. from Crudos, and, Crudos and, yeah, and like there's this there's this sort of uh, you know, these are lifers, and they all yeah. have very different interpretations of what a pious punk life looks like, and yep. Fat Mike has been someone that has always gone big with it, and that could be yeah. Punk Confidential, the magazine. It could be yeah punk voter you know the, yeah the political initiative that he did in the early 2000s yeah and now it's his involvement with this and, and we should add it's a much larger group too the punk museum yeah. people and yeah and the punk museum is amazing like i yeah. i can't i i it's curated like a real museum i think if it if you love punk and you love having an in-depth look about this subculture like go it's, yeah. I don't I don't think you'll be disappointed. I think it's an amazing place. And, you know, I and he's a part of it. And he, he's a little it, in, a, in a way that I think probably serves the museum because he is who he is. And no effect is big and he is a celebrity in his own right. I think he's the face of the museum for that reason. And it gets people there because, you know, no effects is loved by so many. But that museum is I, I really yeah, I think it's a great museum. And I think I, I, I think it's a museum that it's expanding. Like you could probably go there and go, I don't like everything about it. But I also think it's a museum that's figuring itself out as well. Yeah, like I think that's for all the critiques that people would have about this place. The yeah. fact that this thing exists is kind of awesome because. Oh, yeah, it's great. I, I can't see it existing otherwise. And yeah, it, if you're in Las Vegas, which is a if, if you have enough money to go on a vacation is one of the cheapest places to kind of get away to yeah. uh there's not much in that town that is uh outside of kind of like you know the vegas tourist yeah, experience. drinking gambling yeah. all that stuff yeah but i think it's a cool place like if you can i will say the thing about vegas as a destination you're right it is a little cheaper because they kind of bank on a lot of people going there and spending money so if you can go and find a decent hotel room yeah, go there. Go to the museum and check it out. And it's a cool place. And fuck, think about it critically. You know, it's mm -hmm. like it, it's an interesting place. And I, I, I think they'll keep doing more stuff with it. I think it's going to keep yeah. evolving. And that's going to be the, the amazing thing to kind of watch it change because it is it's never going to be anyone's perfect definition no. of what this music is, because we all have completely <clears throat> different definitions about what this yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, yeah everybody and then you just find that like especially as i've gotten older i'm like i'm also just like that's your definition great man mm -hmm. like that's cool you know it's like and yeah everybody has a different definition of it so i think and you see a and i think that museum does a great way you know what's so funny he's such a like hey i i now think of fat mike as if stiff baiters was a productive person <laughs> like, you know what i mean <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah i guess i guess it's uh it, mike is productive like i remember yeah. tim talking to me i think the last time he was on the show afterwards he mentioned the idea of opening a punk museum yeah and he's like i want you involved and then i wrote him very high on edibles later on that night yeah and was like here are my ideas and i think mike took one look at it and was like yeah, no fucking way. And that's when <laughs> uh, I stopped being approached about being involved uh, early yeah. on in this project. But then when it did open, I was kind of hesitant because there's certainly, 
you know, I have my own very specific definition of what this is. And as much as Mike says, I love everything. I don't, there's a lot of stuff that I really, you know, and like yourself, you know, that it don't feel belongs in this place. And yeah. But then I realized at the same, you got to let it go. Like you said, like, it doesn't matter what your own personal definition of this thing is because you're not more right than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you find. Like you just go. Yeah. I, I mean, I used to think like when I was younger, I used to probably think my definition of it was a little more righteous. And then I just, as I've gotten older, I'm just like, I don't know if what your definition is feels good for you and accomplishes is what you want for it to accomplish. Good. I don't, you know, great. Yeah. Cause it's also at a, at a certain point, you know, Avril Lavigne and, yeah. and meeting Avril Lavigne early on and, yeah. and knowing the story behind it, there was no way I would have accepted that being called punk. Yeah. But now I live in a world where there are a lot of artists that I'm a fan of that I really enjoy their music that got into punk because of Avril Lavigne repping yeah. it on TV. So it doesn't matter at the end of the day whether or not she was pure or her intentions with this whole thing were pure. It did inspire people who did wind up contributing to the culture and, and becoming part of this culture on a deeper level yeah, to get interested absolutely. in this stuff. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, even like, even if it's like, I mean, my, you know, like, even for me, like an entry point was things that probably people wouldn't even consider punk per se, like, even though I do, like, to me, I like Sonic Youth, or like, you know, or even like Rage Against the Machine. Like, I, I just remember, like, through that kind of stuff, I, I don't know that people would go out of their waves to call Sonic Youth a punk band, or even rage for that matter. But to me, that was like my kind of, you know, hearing Diamond C on the radio, like in LA, I'm like, what, what is this? Buying that on tape or CD and then buying other stuff and then being like, oh, sh-, like this is cool. Re- finding them in mags and being like, okay, they came out of this kind of punk thing or, you know, like even in like Rage Against the Machine, like, you know, it was the height of alternative radio and rock. And like, I remember re- on that first album, he thinks he and Makai. Mm-hmm. like rage thinks Ian Mackay and Joe Strummer. And I'm like, what is that? You know, and you search and it becomes a thing that you get into. And I, I'm, I a hundred percent consider Sonic Youth yeah. a punk band and, yeah, and rage, you know, yeah, rage, yeah. rage to me, it sounds like downset and downsets yeah. definitely a hardcore punk band. Yes. Downset came out of hardcore. You yeah. know, they came, they came out of that. They kind of came out of that scene. I was telling you about earlier before we started recording called the, the Macondo scene in LA and they come out of that, like Melrose hardcore scene. And yeah, absolutely. Dude. So it's weird. It's like, it's weird. This It's, it's all punk and it's not at the same time, you know, I think it has to connect back. And yeah, that's the thing about punk. Back. Yeah. Like as long as it connects back, like in, in Sonic youth, a hundred percent connects back to yeah. it. And, yeah. and, I, and certainly Rage Against the Machine through Inside Out and Hard Stance yeah. and, yeah. you know, it, it definitely connects back. And it is, if it, that's the thing that makes this so fascinating to me is that there is this way to trace it to these small groups of people spread yeah. out all over the world. Yeah, that's what's so crazy about it. It's, yeah, it just spreads out. But then, yeah, different takes. Everybody has their own take on it. Yeah, and that's the thing that I think is interesting. Well, I don't want to spoil it for people. People will hear mm. us talk to Mike about that early on yeah. to hear 
to hear a guy who openly saying that it was his job to keep punk rock elite have to concede that punk isn't his and and yeah it's it belongs to everyone and this museum will will thrive as it becomes reflective of that more reflective of that and it already yeah. is kind of reflective of that there's stuff in it that i'm sure well i know for a fact mike doesn't <laughs> doesn't like oh yeah 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 i remember when i brought up that there was like some bush tetras memorabilia on there yeah. and he was like he was like who's that yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> there are some spectacular yeah. admissions on Mike's part uh, about yeah. this thing. Oh, and by the way, everyone, when Mike says that they played that feeder show, uh, he is lying. <laughs> calling out other people for lying on stuff, and I, I've got it on good authority that they did not play that feeder show, as Mike says he does on this episode. But Hilarious. Uh, this is a, a good one. Uh, Fat Mike has a brand new record called fat mike gets strung out available on fat records everywhere uh, now and it is fat mike and his partner baz working on these songs that are string arrangements of no effects songs and it's, yeah classical music a classical done with a symphony and everything yeah it's like it's like chamber yeah. music for kids that grew up going to the warp tour yeah it's dope it was it's a great record i found it yeah. i found it uh very interesting. Like I had no idea what to expect. And I think that's the thing about Mike is Mike is, uh, you know, living this, uh, artist's life where his whole life is about this project of yep this art project that he's kind of <laughs> committed to. That's amazing, man. It's like to get to live that life, like that he's doing that right now. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. He's definitely like a project driven type guy. He is, and he's, but yeah. there's also a cost to it too, which I think yeah. we get into as well yeah. in this episode. And uh, anyway, I, I could go on forever, but you'll hear the episode right now. So stay tuned for more of Chris and I uh, doing. Uh, well, we'll be back at the end of this episode to, yeah, we'll be to back. say goodbye. Just before everyone hears this episode, I just want to warn everyone that uh, the opinions expressed by Fat Mike do not necessarily reflect those of. The hosts and uh fat mike is fat mike so sit back relax and enjoy really uh you're bothering me with how you guess mike i think this is you got a lot of rules with punk no 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 <laughs> it's like the fanny back around your chest Fine, I'll take out the fanny pack. You're right, it's a little unprofessional. Hey, welcome to Turn Out a Punk Live. Oh, do you have I, vodka in there? What, what's in there? I got my passport, my wallet. Yeah, that's weird. Post Malone tickets from that's the other night. Jewy. Really. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Turn out hot. My man came out swinging. <laughs> he can say that, though. Uh, yeah, it's true. He can say that. Dewey, I, I feel like you should not need a passport to get here in Canada. I, I think Enough you're right. If you fly, you need one, right? Pardon me? If you fly, you need one. If you drive, you need one. Really? Yeah, you need one crossing. You guys must, you must be wild to cross the border with. <laughs> have some good times. Yeah. <laughs> they go uh, through my shit. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually better when you have a bunch of butt plugs and shit with you. Yeah. Because the border's like, ugh. <laughs> well, that's like the uh, famous... You clean them when you get to your destination. Yeah, well, that's the story about uh, the sex pistols when they're coming to America. They sent Sid Vicious in to be searched first 
And the guards they knew he would smell, right? Yeah, they knew he smelled so bad. The guards were so bummed out. They're like, hey, everyone else just go through, please. I never heard that he smelled bad before. You've never heard that? No. Wow. There's definitely, odor talk is like a big thing in punk. Because I think, you know, punk draws people with, in various states of mental health. There are some people that their mental health thing is they don't necessarily notice the smell. Ah. You know, like there's a... I don't shower. Maybe once, a, once a month. Once a month? Once a month? No, I don't believe that. Yeah. I don't believe that. No way. Yeah. I don't believe that. And I don't smell. It's true. Wow. Can I, can I smell? I'm sitting yeah. next to you. <laughs> it's all right. No smell. No way. That's one month, though. It smells pretty clean. Uh, I don't lie. That must. Be. I don't remember the last time I took a shower. <laughs> that must be the vodka uh, bath from Fletcher. It must be just like a disinfectant. <laughs> it was a bath. Just I tried to get some sleep last night, and he would pour yeah. vodka in my eyes. Why did you let him in your room? Oh, he's at the show still. Oh, you're trying to sleep at the show. Come on, buddy. Don't leave. You know. <laughs> he is, uh, yeah, like the, 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 there's like more legends about him than I think anyone else from that era of punk rock. You know what he told me? No shit. What's this? Two nights ago, he said, Mike, you're more punk than me. I'd see that. I could see that. Like, I was... Like, this is why I think it's great that we're all on the show together, because it's like so all of us. You wear dresses and <laughs> do whatever you want, and I gotta yeah. just be this big fucking. Uh, yeah. Fletcher, Fletcher, if he goes to like a, a UFC a really fight, he's gonna blend in. You know, like Fletcher will be someone that can kind of fit into different crowds. Like, obviously, you'd be the biggest guy in that crowd. But like, you're someone that definitely has always stood out, even like with the dreadlocks or. Have you had dreadlocks? I never had them. That's something you regret. Fredlocks. Yeah, Fred, Fred, you always had killer style. I just kept it short. I just kept my hair short. Yeah, but in high school I had them all. Yeah, I've seen that in the uh, old KGB photos yeah. and things like that. I think it's interesting that both you guys, at certain points, make an exodus from your original punk rock scenes. And I was wondering, Fred, is it because of the violence in New York? Or, like, why did you go to D.C. from New York? Um, well, it's not that I went to D.C. I moved to Chicago. Chicago first. Yeah, and then Damon, the singer, was yeah. originally from D.C. So all his friends and everything were from D.C. Oh. So that's how the connection is, you know, with Jawbox and bands like that um, through Damon. So we, like, were you know, sort of, like, uh, adjacent, D.C. adjacent. Yeah, because, like, Fred is a D.C. band, though, right? More than a Chicago band. Kind of really more of a New York, suburban New York band. We were up in New York. Suburban New York. And I went to uh, college with Damon. That's where I met him in yeah. school. And then we put that band together. And we, and we played down in D.C. and then went back to New York. You have a degree. I oh. don't have a degree. Oh. I went three years. And then you three opted. Years. Not bad. I did five years. Do you have a degree? What's your degree? Duh. Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, of course. It's a bachelor. Yeah. It's in the book. The greatest book. Have you heard his book? I haven't heard your book. You heard his book. Well, the reading, <laughs> the, that? the reading of the book. I read the book. I read the book. <laughs> That's the new way people listen to books. Is it here? <laughs> books. Can I just get the book here? It must be yes. Yeah, there's I'll, one right I'll there. You can just steal that right off the shelf. I'll happily pay for it. It is a, you got to get the audio version, though, because they all read it. And then Jello and, and uh, Tommy, Tommy Chong. Chong read the other parts. <laughs> Tommy Chong. <laughs> what <laughs> is that? <laughs> one time, this is uh, unrelated, or it is related, Trenchmouth played in Italy, and very few people showed up, but a couple kids showed up. And they're like, uh, oh, yes, we like a no effects. <laughs> and we're like, okay. You know, it was a couple, like, great. 
they had the t-shirt and everything, like maybe we'll do okay, and they left. <laughs> so they left. How many people were at the show? Uh, maybe zero. Or like, it, was, it was just one of those like, you know, when there's like a tour, there's like one of those small towns yeah. that. Oh, we've all been there. Yeah. Yeah, Rome. <laughs> have you ever experienced this? I have, where the entire crowd leaves. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. As we're playing, we're like, oh, there they go. <laughs> Last one. Last guy. That was it. Yeah. yeah. On Warp Tour, it's normal for bands. They play, and you can go see another band, so everyone gets used to that. But when you're playing a club, and everybody leaves, and the sound man goes, there's nobody here anymore. You can stop playing. And play. We need to practice clearly. Yeah. <laughs> or just for, the, just for the dignity. Like, let's just get to the end of the set so that we play the show. I used to just get the crowd to leave during fucked up sets. Like, get a long enough chord and just go outside with the whole audience, so they had to play to no one. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> shut down. But That's like lead singer syndrome, you know? Because yeah. you played a bass, you don't know what it's like. You used to knock yourself in the head. I used to do that, too. I used to do a lot of stuff. Were you in a band, Chris? No, never. Oh. I was, I, I These was guys just, are on TV. I know. And Chris, I will say, has punk taste like I have punk taste. Like, I know you say that I like everything, but I find Chris is one of the few people that I've met that I like. I'm like, yep, you and I agree on all this sort of stuff. Do you like his band? I love his band. Yeah. yeah. Me, me too. No, that's not true. <laughs> that is not true at all. We were supposed songs to do a, are a little long. We're supposed to do a split seven inch with no effects. It's like the greatest day of my life. I meet Mike and he's like, I want to do a split with your band. Had you heard us at that point? Or yeah. is it, okay. I like the sound of your band. And then he's like, and then he hit me up. He's like, like six minute songs. <laughs> he's like, an hour. We have an hour long song now. An hour and 20 minutes. Congratulations. <laughs> it's all because of you, Dad. Everybody. It's all because of you, Dad. But then he hits me up and he's like, sorry, we're not going to do the split with you. We're going to do it with the spits instead. There you go. You love the spits. Bounce me the curb. <sighs> I, feel, I feel like our relationship is me loving you and then you rejecting me and then me coming back. No, I like you as a person. Just don't like my taste in music? Or clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Gosh, I want to say this. I'm not a backpacker. I'm going to say, we're, in, the two worst Norway. Dressed, we're the two worst dressed people in this room right now. I right. just got off a plane. Yeah, I just, I, so you look it? smart. Thanks. Yeah. He's never had bad style. Look at, look, at, look at Chris, too. His hair's always, always sharp. Always sharp, my man. You got to keep it that way. You got to get hairline, too. Yeah. Oh, this is never fading. My, no, gotta, my old man three, died with hair. Head. Yep. You got. I got nothing. Oh. Uh-huh. I wasn't gonna say anything. Like, <laughs> I, I set you up, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> who, who has the best look in punk in punk history, in your opinion? That's pretty good. Frank discussion from the feeders. Okay. Really? Yeah. When you like glue the cockroaches to his head while they're still alive, and oh, I saw him with, the, with the, he went. He had the dead dog. He got. Were you at that show? Yeah, I was at that show. Yeah. We played with him. You played that show? Yes, we did. We played that show. <laughs> this this for me is like finding. A Rosetta Stone because I've asked so many people, like tons of Gilman people. I'm not people. sure what that means, Rosetta Stone. Well, no, Stone. Jesse Blatt's, we talked about, I talked about it with Jesse the other day. Is that an expression? What? Yeah, the Rosetta Stone helped figure out language. Right. Yes. I, yeah, figure out. I figure out punk rock. Everyone knows that. So you guys are opening that show? To, were you, what did you think when they showed up with all the dead animals? Were you like. No, that was punk. Yeah. Really? What? I was at the Gigi Allen show at the Covered Wagon. Now, that was crazy. That was a crazy show. Did you get shit on you? No, but I hid behind Jelly Bee Offer. Oh, there you go. He, he, he got like shit he sh- on him. No, but what he did is, it was his craziest show, I think, of all time. And Smelly, our drummer, had a job there. 
his first day. He ate next lax, he took a poop on the floor, and it, it was so loose, it just went out like this. I mean, you don't see this anymore. Simple no. plan does not do stuff like this. <laughs> <laughs> there are bands that poop in the pit still. Yeah, well, he went out and he sucked it up, and he spit it on the oh. crowd, oh. and I got behind Jello. <laughs> and about half the crowd just left. That people are puking everywhere, oh. and, and it got worse. So it's Smelly's job to clean it up afterwards? He had to clean up afterwards. Absolutely <laughs> true. Because <laughs> Joey Cape quit his job as a janitor at a venue when they told me I had to clean up after Gigi. Really? That's a story he tells on the podcast. Well, I don't believe him. <laughs> <laughs> I think he stole Smelly's story. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time someone's stolen someone's story and told it on the podcast. And then I've had the person hit me up and be like, this guy stole my fucking story. Does that yeah. happen? Often? It happens. It's happened like three or four times. Whoa. It's like the Mencia of punk rock. Yeah. I guess it's the thing, right? Yeah. Like, you know? But I just don't know why you wouldn't think you'd get caught. So do people tell this story as their own? Yes. How does that happen? I don't know. They don't think they're going to get caught. But like, it's like on a podcast. And a, po- also, a popular one. A, a fairly popular one. I wish it was a little more popular. I wish it was like more like your friend punk rock NBA guy. You're not as popular as Finn? No. Jesus. That guy's pretty fucking popular. He's pretty huh? fucking popular. How'd you get us on your podcast? Because yeah. well, punk, punk, mm-hmm. punk. Yeah. You know? I want to hear more about your your punkness. You should listen to my fucking podcast then, Mike. He's got an amazing episode. <laughs> I do stuff, dude. Yeah, no offense. <laughs> I don't, I don't read shows. podcasts. You... <laughs> 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 You made the exodus, though, to San Francisco because it got too violent in L.A., right? That's correct. Did you go to shows in San Diego? Because I always heard they were the actual the craziest ones. Joe, that's not true, is it? San Diego, uh... L.A. was the worst. You would get... There would be a big riot in L.A., but in San Diego, you would specifically get targeted yeah. and beat up. I've heard that. Well, beat up isn't that bad in L.A. <laughs> you I mean, could get away. You could get out. Eric and Albert, golf clubs. James shot. Stabbed in the lung. <laughs> Yeah. That's when I left, when my friend got stabbed in the lung at a Dickies show. It's weird how it's always... With the Dickies. But that's yeah. the thing, it's always like manic Hispanic shows you hear are it's crazy. It's always joke bands. It's always had yeah. like yeah. a coffee band. La 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 Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you said on the show last time that all the suicidal guys were Oingo Boingo fans. Or like a lot of them were in Oingo Boingo and Power Pop stuff and New Wave stuff. Mike Beer right? was, was in at the Santa Monica Civic with a swastika t-shirt on, which I didn't appreciate. Personally, uh, and yeah, Uncle Boy, they were punk. Yeah, agree. Well, I wanted to ask you because there's that Stib Bader's photo right when you come in, and he's got that swastika shirt on. Was that is that something that you feel like like it's something we should, I feel like we could leave behind now with punk a little bit? You know that part of the history. Uh, it wasn't my call. Yeah, we're trying to be historians. It's weird. It's like it's punk. It's like a weird thing to talk about, like Gigi Allen. Like we're, no screwdriver. We have no, no screwdriver. Yeah, yeah, well, and and. Does anyone remember what was there last week? It was a big anti-flag thing. Well, like, but there's a thing where, like, there's there's bands we that we... took it down. And there's bands that we talk about, you know, bands that were, like, they're excluded from the history. But there's also guys like Gigi Allen, Sid Vicious, that wind up celebrated in the history. And they're, like, kind of fucking worse. You know, they're, they're not worse, but they're murderers in some cases. Yeah. You, know? you think Sid really killed Nancy? You don't? Of course not. You love conspiracies. You are a deep conspiracy too. What do you think? It was Red Rocket? It was a guy who... Yeah, Red Rocket. Red Rocket, Rocket right. Rick Blair. Yeah, Red, yeah, Rocket, Rocket, Rocket Rick Blair. Blair. Yeah. 
you think that's, that's what? I've said that like three times. What is wrong with me? Yeah. <laughs> I said dirt. Who says that anymore? <laughs> I don't know. Well, you have no sleep, so you've got an excuse. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's weird how we do have to parse that punk. Part of punk's amazing history is that there's a lot of terrible shit that kind of gets moved past at a certain point. But that's like anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Any art form. Well, I think punk's like a religion. Yeah. You know? Like, I, I would give you my tithing every week in the form of buying your CDs that you would put out. I'd do the same for ebullition records. I'd do the same for, like, you know, and I would listen to what these people said, and I would take it in, and it would become, in, like, ways that I think a lot of people that believed in religion would take in. Like, Ian Mackay, for a lot of people, serves the same role that Jesus serves for some Christian people, where it's like... He's a moral compass. Timmy O'Hannon was the moral compass. Too nice about all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anti flag used to be a moral compass. <laughs> Never for me. <laughs> like you honestly bought any of that shit ever? I put the record out, so. Uh, but you didn't buy the shit they were like you no, know. No, like, they said they had a lot of. I, I believe in their politics. I believe it's like propaganda. Can you imagine if propaganda if the story came out about Chris Hanna? Yeah, but it wouldn't because they are that. They are those dudes, and I know you've got beef with them, but they are. But I know there's issues. I don't mean beef, but I mean there's like history. Like it's interesting looking at Twitter, and I don't mean to laugh. Switching gears to like something like more lighthearted, but you know, you look at the Max and Rock and Roll letter section, and how divisive that was, and obviously, pretty much everyone was kind of generally on the same side, and how that's like a, a precursor to where discourse has gone with social media now, where there's sort of this, you know, constant bickering. And it was fine when it was punk, but it was like, I find it interesting how there's all these things, like the way we had social networks in punk long before there was technology to facilitate that. We built these social networks ourselves. Like, it feels like punk's always ahead of the curve of where the world's going in a way. You got to keep keep a little. (laughs) All right, let's talk about the divisive. Is that how you pronounce that word? Divisive. Yeah. Yeah. You said like three words. I wish you guys were in a band together. Could you imagine what it would sound like? Can you imagine being in that that well-dressed men? That van or that vehicle? It'd be so entertaining. It would be a lot of fighting. You know a lot of shit about punk rock. Oh, he knows everything. I was. I went down to Chile. I was like, hey, what are the punk bands from here? He texted me back right away. <laughs> Los Prisioneros, like, just like, oh, he just knows it all. You get the accent, too. Claro que sí. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can do that, too. Yeah, I will. I'm Jewish, I can't well, do Well, don't shit. look at me, I'm Canadian. <laughs> I definitely can. I'm not able to do any accent. Um, the, uh, the, the thing about the... Uh, punk when it's when you look at it globally and that's why I want that I, I can't wait to see that global section you have here expand because you know you talk about the influence no effects had you know Sonic Youth who would also be cool to see here when they started touring internationally playing these countries you know <laughs> they belong in this museum Sonic Youth yeah. mean, the worst band ever yeah you think they're the worst band ever no <laughs> who's worse Sonic Youth or the big boys in your mind Sonic Youth wow I love both of them. I know you don't like you the do, big I love them both. Love so that's why you guys that, that's you have that music in common. You both like yeah. terrible bands. Yeah. We like we like No Effects and Sonic Youth. There's room yeah. for both. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and Big Boys. And the Big Boys. And the Big Boys. You're actually outnumbered greatly right now in yeah. this Big Boys debate. That's fine. What is it about them you don't like? Is it the funk? We were talking about this yesterday because I was we were talking about how great the Big Boys were, and I'm like, I can't wait to talk about this tomorrow. 
Is it the you fun? like every band? No, but I mean specifically. <laughs> let's go to Big Boys for a minute, man. I don't. I like don't like every band. band. I, yeah, that I, don't. I don't. I don't. Like every yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Growing up in LA, I'm the worst hater. thing could happen to you is, oh shit, the Minutemen are playing now between two good bands. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude! They did a double album, and the only good song was a fucking cover by Credence. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh my. Come on, this ain't no picnic. A banger. I know. I, I mean, know. It's, it's, I'm sorry, the deep but, moon. But that's like, but at a certain point, cool, at a certain point, you have to like, if this is the punk museum, you have to let go of that, right? And that's why you have the Minutemen and the Big Boys here, right? So Sonic yeah. Youth should be here. The Melvins, this is going to really burn you up. They got to be here. Sure. Did you reach out to Chris Dodge anyway at all about getting stuff no, from Slapman? I reached out to so many people and people don't send stuff. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, really? You're making a museum in Vegas, Mike? They don't send us stuff. Collectors give us stuff. Yeah, the collectors definitely. You can see, you know, like Chicago. We got nothing from fucking Chicago. Because, but we asked Joe from Rise Again said he was going to send me something. We need some effigies. We need some oh, articles yeah, of faith. Right. There is no Chicago. I know stuff. it's it's sad. No trench mouth. Um, Do yeah, you have anything? I'll, I'll find can we some get code your your glasses? <laughs> just, yeah, just, just take his glasses right now. <laughs> take, no, I'll, take find, I'll find some stuff. I think uh, for sure. I think that's the thing is... Effigies, that's right. Effigies. I live in a body bag. Well, I think the thing is, it's, it's an if you build it, they will come thing. And I think as it moves further into the general idea of what punk rock is for everybody, you'll have a lot more people wanting to come here and be part of it. I want every band to be represented here. It's very inclusive. So there's no, like, obviously... You know, okay, Nazi we'll put, abusers we'll put, we'll put a Sonic Youth flyer. You put Sonic Youth in it. You, you have flyer. no version of putting <laughs> a Raymond Pettibone flyer for our album. Yeah, a Raymond Pettibone. No, we're doing a whole wall of Pettibone. That's dope. Because there is like this, you know, revolution that comes with punk rock that I think if you limit it to a Sonic, it just makes it so much more less exciting, right? Like that's why I think all these bands have to be in here too. Well, yeah, they are. All, all yeah. Right. Well, I'm looking. I'm, like, no, I'm in agreement. Video. Yeah. <laughs> It's I have to go. I have to take a flight. Oh man! I gotta get on a plane. Well, I love this museum. Thank you well, for building it. You're so funny. <laughs> Thank you, Fred. You gotta do some stuff. Thanks, you guys. What do you think, Fred? Thank you. Pleasure to meet you. Yeah, no. so much. Get rid of that fucking hat. Thank you. Give it up for Fred Armisen, everybody. Yeah. KTV. Fred. Trench Mouse. One of the few people. And rubbish. Ian Rubbish, Crisis of Conformity. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Joe from the Vandals just hanging out. Yeah. Later, bro. Just loitering. <laughs> One of my first shows. Yeah. Yeah. Vandals. Me too. And then I think you were my second show. Really? Yeah. Vandals at the show. Palace. At the old Palace in Hollywood. I it's think it's cool, but I'm more star starstruck because I watched your show. Oh, that means a lot. Yeah. This show's crazy. amazing, eh? It's a good show. It's yeah. a great show. And I think that's the thing about it is it does, like, without waving a flag, it does have a punk rock. Yeah, thing. Like, you're a punk dude in that show. If you haven't seen yeah. his show, I know I got it depends how we edit this, so I can't make it like we're promoting the show. But between us, you got to watch his show. It's unbelievable. Melanie, like, our publicist, she calls it You Fool. You Fool. You Fool. <laughs> yeah, you fool. I was like, You Fool? I've never yeah. seen that. Yeah. But it's this fool. It's this fool. Yeah. This fool. And it is a show that, you know, because you're a punk and it's about you, Yeah. it's just about punk rock. I try, to, I try to sneak in stuff without being heavy handed about it. Because there's something about, like, when punk is portrayed, like, in a narrative form on TV or film, it can feel a little try-hardy at SLC times. punk. Yeah. Yeah, it can feel like that. Yeah. 
you know, but if you just kind of, a guy's wearing a shirt and it's not, it's not, it's not making the biggest deal about it. You just get a context for who he is. Like, oh, he's wearing a Channel 3 shirt. All right, this dude fucks with Channel 3, like, you know, or like yeah. shit like that. Like, yeah, because unless you're Mike or me, you're not talking about punk 24-7. Yeah, yeah. Most people, most normal people yeah. can, can leave this behind and make it just their yeah. hobby. And I grew up with a lot of people who weren't into that shit. So, you know, you just, you have to find other shit to talk to them about. Yeah. You know? He's still it. I yeah. truly believe that's where punk rock lives. Yeah, it lives there now. That in South Central, South Central Compton. Yeah. It's like, crazy. It's downtown, crazy. all of it. I just had the uh, the punk rock fight club. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you you met those dudes there. All these dudes from Whittier, right? Yeah, all came to my house yeah. and destroyed my house. Uh, oh, no, I believe it. I made a video and yeah. they came with fuck axes, yeah. with sledgehammers. Yeah. And the, the, you, you know about the head guy? No, what is this? So, look, uh, if this dude really, I, I don't know him personally, but I follow him on Instagram and he messages me sometimes. He's a really sweet dude. His name's Knucklehead Tom. Okay. And he's a Muay fighter. Oh, and this dude, he's really about his friends and community. So he started a crew called Punk Rock Fight Club, and they party and but they train hard and they don't do, party that much. They, they don't party that much. What I mean is they party in the same. They hang out. Yeah. They hang out. Yeah. yeah. And those food, they're like, it's like watching an old '80s movie of like, of like a punk rock gang or something. But they're like, you know, they're it's it, Fight Club. They it's fight each club. other. They fight each other. Wow. Yeah. But they also they, they keep an eye out for abusers. Yeah, you know they keep an eye out. Or yeah, they make, they're good dudes. They're good dudes. Yeah. Or like I, he posted a story where he had like two punk gangs like work it out. He said, "No, nah, you guys aren't gonna fucking fight." It was like he was. He had like some suicidal dudes talk to some other like maybe I don't know like La Mirada punks or something. I think the gang culture thing in, in yeah. punk also gets misunderstood too because it I, like the way it's framed a lot is that it's these kids bringing in this gang thing yeah. to purposely fuck up the scene where gangs and, and, and gang infrastructure and sort of this sort of protection idea yeah. within a community is like uh, from talking to people it's a lot that more wasn't punk rock no but the they, punk rock gangs were not no they weren't protecting bring, their neighborhood no yeah no they weren't but they they, 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 the gang but the gang yeah. thing was something that just followed them because they didn't bring it in to fuck up punk rock it's just part of who they were Ooh, in some cases Michael, you were there, so you yeah. obviously... Yeah, I mean, like, Fear played the Roxy, and Suicidal's yeah. hospitalized him, and he quit the band. Yeah. You know, and he was in the band, because yeah. they talked shit. And then... Well, that's the thing with a lot of times with the gangs, is that it starts with one purpose and winds up with a different reality oh, yeah, later on. I mean, you read that... What's that book called? Um, Disco's Dead, Murders in... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. a crazy-ass book, because I wasn't, you know... I grew up in South Central in England, so I wasn't really familiar with, like... La Mirada punks, yeah, and like reading that book like was insane. Like those dudes yeah, wrote to some crazy shit. Yeah, I knew about funny. lads. Yeah, I knew about lads because I would go to Melrose, and like I found out a lot of the graffiti guys from CBS, like the Campy Stop Graffiti Crew. Some of them were lads, mm-hmm. so that's what I knew. And I knew about suicidals. My ex brother in law lived in Venice, so I knew about that. But yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. And yeah, you know who was a lad? Mm-hmm. Greg Graffin. Yeah, I heard about that. That's Isn't that crazy? The Bad Religion dude's like, yeah. Dave Bentley was a lad, right? Well, you were nearly a suicidal, right? No, I was asked to join FFF oh, and well, lads and suicidal. FFF, I, and the said, Burbank one, right? Yeah. yeah. I always said, no. I just, cause, but I would be with friends. We'd go out and they'd have a little gang thing, yeah. 10 people, and I'd be like, mm, no. And I'd just like walk away. Yeah. Wasn't smell- like, I'm, I'm not helping them out. Wasn't Smelly's but, crew later on kind of like a was it? A, is well, it that, was, that was a drinking. But he said it, he told heroin me, gang. Heroin gangs 
No trouble. But he said it was yeah, like an offshoot off, of one of them. Well, he said he thought it was like an offshoot of one of them. Dog Patch Winos. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, but it was, he was an, said it was the an lads. offshoot of Vlad's, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting because also that graffiti thing is something that really is foundational to East Coast punk rock, too. Yeah. When you talk to Freddie Alva and, like, Frontline, Mackie's first band. Yeah, Mac- Mackie wrote graffiti, right? Yeah, Mackie wrote graffiti. That's right. In, in Style Wars, you know, yeah. that kid in the kitchen who's being yelled at by his mom? Yeah, yeah, I know. That was Mackie's protege, apparently. Crazy. That was the dude that Mackie kind of, like, taught wow. how to write and stuff. Yeah. And, and Mackie was already kind of dipped on graffiti yeah. by the time they shot that movie, so that's why Mackie's not in the doc. Crazy. You know what I'm always interested in finding more about was uh, what was uh, John Macias's Circle Circle One Circle Family. One Family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that to me is crazy because his story is just like you know the way he passed away and cops mental issues. Yeah, in Santa Monica at the Santa Monica Pier. That Rollins story is like every time I watch it, I'm like, yeah, which Rollins story? Rollins does a spoken word about John Macias oh, and wow. his murder. Okay. The cops killing him on yeah. the pier. It was like a falling down. Well, that's yeah. What, and yeah, apparently right. falling down's based on that. Like, no. apparently, the, well, this was like... But John Macias got killed after that movie. Well, after that movie came out? Yeah. Fucking TikTok lied to me. <sighs> I can't believe that. I don't believe TikTok. I can't family, believe family that. Were, that gang was so scary. Um, yeah. The Circle One gang. The Circle One gang. Yeah. Because they put uh, war paint on, so you couldn't really see who anybody was. Yeah. And well, yeah, one of the worst experiences. No, the worst experience. They're all my people life. Rivera guys, right? Like around that area. I didn't ask them what yeah. their addresses. I don't know where they. <laughs> yeah. They didn't. They didn't like that at all. Yeah, they didn't like that. Hey, where are you from? Hey, don't fucking ask. So wait, us. wait you're saying the worst experience was dealing with these guys? You've been through a lot of trauma. You've talked about it. You've written songs about it. Have you ever done therapy? Duh. I'm gonna say dur. Dur. Yeah. Of course, I've done therapy. You do, I'm good now. Does it work with you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it shit happens. Like, have you processed this shit? Like, because yeah. I know it just seems like, you know, and then losing friends, obviously. Processed. You say, you, you say words funny. Well, I don't know why. I just have a weird way of talking, I guess. Well, close from Canada. Yeah. That's his accent. But I mean, like, well, because I've done... You know what? Everyone has been through a traumatic experience. Whatever is traumatic to you is your worst trauma. Yeah. Everyone has yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the, Whatever it is, we all have traumatic experiences, and you get through it. Or you don't. Because you've in been, LA, it was normal that terrible shit happened, you know. Yeah. It, it's, it's like I, I, you know, I saw this, these skinheads kill a dude. I know that's the thing you've told. I know that, that, that a lot was, of your traumas. Oh, I, yeah, like I cannot yeah. imagine what it's like to witness that shit. Like, you know, having friends, people die that you know, and not seeing it is fucked up enough. It was normal, but it's not. Well, I know it's not. War is normal. Yeah. yeah, killing someone is not normal, but yeah. this is what you what you grew up with is oh, this is how it is. And the people and, have and PTSD. we still like punk rock so much. We're yeah. still going to go to the shows. The people have PTSD, right? They come back from these war situations, and obviously, what you're seeing is different. But at the same time, the stuff that you've told us about in song, on stage, in the book, it's a lot to read about. Well, Smelly, he saw way more than I did. It's his it, book. But no, have, have, have you read like, The Plague no. by Camus, or have you heard The Plague by Camus? No, I got it. Where, where do I hear it? Uh, it's just about the, a plague that, went, that yeah. happened in Algiers. And yeah, everyone's dying from this plague, but they, everyone started just going, doing normal life. Yeah. They go to the opera, because it's just how it is. Yeah, it's a you survival instinct. Like, like, at some point, you go, I just got to carry on. Yeah. Yeah. I got to carry on. And also, if you're a fucking kid, like, you just got to carry on. Like, what are you going to yeah. do? Like, the shit that is helping me get through shit 
is is where bad things happen, but it's still helping me get through it. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I I think maybe because punk to me was always not always. There were definitely shit that happened in it, but like for the most part, it was a safe space. Well, you're from Canada, aren't you? <laughs> I'm from Canada. You know, everything. Healthcare makes healthcare makes a huge difference. Healthcare and no guns make a yeah, no war. Difference. Have you ever been in a war? No, I've never been in a war. Person. Well, not you, but your whole country. Uh, Canada's been in some wars. Yeah. Yeah. Not recently. Like, well, but actually, no, they were in a, uh, uh, I don't, we don't want to talk about the Canadian fucking army. No, <laughs> Canada is a, is a nice place to live. It's a great place to live. You know, I think it's a, uh, it gave us hardcore, titularly. Canada gave us, it was DOA, yeah. they gave us the term hardcore. They, they're the band LA, that inspired everyone. No, they they came up with the name hardcore. They inspired everyone. They told they told Black Flag had a tour, and they're the band that you hear. They show up in D.C. Everyone in D.C. has changed. They show up in New York. Right again. You know. No, you are you are correct. I'm not going to argue punk with you. <laughs> Neos, no, they they yeah. And I'm still still choked that you credit them as stupid fucking Canadians on the fuck the kids seven inch instead of giving them their due. That record is incredible. Yeah. Fuck the kids, seven inches is amazing. Oh, no. no, 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 no. The Neos. Cosmobot <laughs> gets the Martian brain squeezed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and all discrimination, too. The other one is fucking killer, too. All those seven inches, I just brought them here. Yeah. And put them in. So is that your AF? Yeah. It says 298 oh, on it. Shit. That's crazy. I bought Bullet for 298, too. Yeah. Wow. That's fu- Where were you buying records? What was your store? Rhino. Oh, Rhino. In Westwood? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just use records. Yeah, I realized at a young age, if you go like every other day, yeah, they don't really have new records. It's yeah. the same room, yeah. same ones. Did anyone <laughs> ever said you and UG? It's a music war and trade for the Ur- PMRC. UG is music war and trade for the you PMRC. Say UG, UG in Canada. Is that I thought that was. I thought that was. Isn't UG? It's a music talk war. UG. Well, it's a it's a bunch of dudes that were schooled in England that came up with the name of it. UG so. music war. UG. Yeah, that was my first yeah. and final I ever bought. But you, you say in the compilation CD, if you trade me a I copy, got five. You got five? I got five in the mail. Did you have to send out PMRCs for all of them? Well, yeah. You have that many original PMRCs still? No. Okay. <laughs> I didn't send them originals. <laughs> oh, you just sent them with, like the second press. I'm trying to track down some Alicats. Oh. Yeah. I'm trying to track those down. I bought the Danger House uh, box set that Munch, uh, Munster put out. Oh, it's amazing. With, yeah. with seven inches? Yeah, they you repressed them. Uh, we, we have a Danger House sign on the I floor. Know, I, I saw that. We're supposed to put all the seven inches uh, up. Do you know those guys? Do you know like David Brown and all those guys? No, Chris, Chris Ashford, who did what records? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 He gave us those checks. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Pat Smears first royalty check for $8.34. That's crazy. <laughs> and he, he, yeah, he totally hooked us up. But we need that. That whole room is supposed to have all the seven inches. Yeah. I had a yeah. disagreement with one of the collectors here. Just like, we shouldn't use records in here. I go, yeah, records tell the story. Yeah, records tell the story. It'd be cool to see like an original Yes LA. Yeah. 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 There's a, there, I think there's a store in LA, like Rockaway, that sells an original press. I got an original at Amoeba. Yeah. Um, of Yes LA? Yeah, of Yes LA. Yeah. Every record you see in here, though, is mine. That's wild. Yeah. So is that. Wait. So is the chain gang uh, cannibal that has a stamper to cut make the sleeve yours too? Uh-huh. There's a, in the New York case. There's a copy of the chain gang seven inch cannibal. Chain gang. Chain gang. Really? Yeah, yeah. No. Oh my God, this is fun. No, I don't. But I don't. Oh, it's not your seven. Oh, I thought you meant you didn't have it in there. No, I, I put in the uh, the mob. Yeah. Alarm. Yeah. And so, the, and and uh, urban waste. 
So yeah, when you went to New York last time on the podcast, you talked about how thrilled you were that uh, the AF dudes came out to see you. So you might, we were like, "Dust your friend to yeah. see us at CB's in '85." That was crazy, and I got credit too because Roger's book. Yeah, he said it was an '84. Uh, he was an '85. Like we the cool. We were just talking about in that book where he, he, they talk about how they like in '84 they stomped out like Mike Ness. Yeah, yeah, oh, and Luigi from Suicidal. Oh, they stomped them out too? No, no, no. Uh, Agnostic Front played with Suicidal yeah. in San Francisco, and uh, these guys had a knife to, Rod- to Roger's neck. Yeah. And Luigi saves his life. Crazy. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, Terry Bash, he got his his uh, throat slit that night. Oh, That's not a sound of music. He didn't die. Did you Have you read the drummer from AOD's book that just came out? Dave. Yeah. Have you read oh. it? I'm, re- I'm working my way through it right now. It's great. Is it? Yeah. I'm, I'm, Did they mention no effects? They mention no effects yeah. in it. Yeah. And there's also, he tells a story, I think about going to see the Misfits play. I'm 90% sure it's the Misfits. And some guys in the crowd lipping off to Danzig and Danzig and maybe Doyle jumping in the crowd and being the shit out of him. And he's like, it was Roger from AF and I forget who else. Like someone else, like a kind of legendary figure. And when Nicole Panter was on the podcast, she talked about how punk is really like people with trauma inflicting trauma on other people who in turn inflict that trauma on other people. It's amazing to kind of follow violence and just see like, oh yeah, yeah. this guy that beat up this person was <laughs> beat up at a show yeah. and that person was probably beat up at a show and that yeah. person was probably beat up. It's like it's really... That was L.A. And, and New York, but New York yeah. was a battleground too. New York, yeah. But I don't think punk rock is like that. Punk rock is... Uh, it doesn't feel like that anymore. I, I, not that I was around for that. I think that L.A., kind of she's punk. specifically talking about the L.A. scene back then yeah. and uh, how fucked up it was. That's why Darby Crash killed himself. Yeah, because he was gay and he was so scared. Yeah, that's right. That it was gonna, yeah, uh, he, yeah, you know, called out on that. Do you have a German sperm? No. Do you? Yeah. Who gave it to you? Uh, I got it from Chris Shiflett, who got it from but Shane West, horse germ, who got it from Lorna Doom. Shane West, everyone. <laughs> the <laughs> singer of the, the singer of but the germ. in the movie. Yeah, in the yes. movie. And but I would say it? he put yeah. the er in the germs. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> and then, but he got it from Lorna Doom, who got it from Darby, who got it from Pat. So it is a real one. Vampire rules, 100% yeah. intact. And I got it with Pat's cigarette. That, yeah, that's yeah, that's it. On the bone. Uh, I got a, got a German tattoo. I'll give you one if you want. No, I don't play that game. I'll get one from Pat if you don't mind. He won't give you one. He won't he give won't, you one. Yeah, he probably won't. He won't. Right. He said he only gave one ever to Darby, and that's it. If you can get one, you're the only guy that probably could get one from him. Yeah, but I got that germs footage from Up in Smoke. Yeah, yeah. that is fucking yeah, crazy. Is crazy. It took me like eight months to get it from Lou Adler. Yeah. That oh, you got me, it from Lou Adler? Yeah, yeah. He was on my crazy. podcast. And crazy. I was that's like, crazy. I heard about the germs. And he said, yeah, they didn't make the movie because they were so bad, no one would believe they were in a battle with the bands. You guys got to put that out on vinyl, just that recording. Yeah, we do. Oh my God, people like every other. I know, but I just no, but uh, no. Lou actually said you can't sell this. Yeah. So it's only on that TV. Wow, crazy. When I saw that, I meant to ask you because that was like there's a couple things that trip me. Holy Grail, second jump show. And I looked at it. I'm like, this has got to be a deleted scene from the documentary because it's so the transfer is so perfect. Oh Oh, yeah, up in smoke. Yeah, but it's like the transfer for it. Looks well, like it was shot it was yesterday. Film. Yeah, but it's like, but like most tri- film deteriorates, you know, and like, especially something that was probably just like a cut scene. No, Lou Adler, he, he digitized it. Right. It looks so it looks amazing. Wild. So, when he actually came up, what? It looks amazing. Who's the crucifix from? 
that yeah. huge giant crucifix that says established in 86. I have no idea. People no one does he? No. <laughs> yeah, I, know I was everything in here. But I yeah. An iron cross? Yeah. Right I, was, I was thinking maybe it might be Christian death. No. Or someone? No? No, some East Coast something. Something East Coast. It, it bugs me because no one knows what it is. What's the point of having it? <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll figure it out. It's got to be something memorable enough. Hopefully, someone's going to write in the podcast. You, you have to have a little card. Yeah, things yeah. are like the leather jackets. There's no cards. Yeah, no nope. say, saying who they are. That's my one thing. The other day, I yeah, I I took a sharpie. Yeah. and I wrote this is Darius from Swinging Utters. Yes, this is Russ from Good Riddance, and I wrote this is Davey from. <laughs> oh my! I, I I didn't do that. Uh, <laughs> Someone came in. Yeah, someone did that. Some, just a person in the yeah. museum and wrote Davey Havoc from AFI. That's like, that's why you, And uh, it was so funny because girls were smelling it. Really? Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And his people called us, said, please don't do that. Davey's nope. vegan. Oh. It was wow. leather, not only was it a leather jacket, but it was a leather jacket your size. So He must have been swimming in it. No, it wasn't his, dude. I just wrote that. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, well, he was like a kid at one point. I'm like, maybe someone gave it to him and it's still fitting. The, one yeah. of my favorite artifacts here. I just wrote, I mean, you can lie a little. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite artifacts museum, here. Right? That's a museum. That's what museums typically do. They lie a little. That Kurt Cobain jacket with the story of how it was traded for a Pearl Jovi t-shirt. Like, What's Pearl Jovi? It was a diss on Pearl Jam when Pearl Jam came out. And according to the, the card on it, Kurt Cobain traded the guy who made the shirts, the leather jacket, which is awesome. I think that's there's a lot of things here that need those kind of provenance cards on them because they're like we need more tour guides like you. Well, I am happy to nerd out. This has been how long have we been talking now? Oh, we got we got a little bit more. We talk a little bit more. We got patience to sit around here. How'd you get your show bought? How'd I get that? You know. I was a, I'm a stand-up comic, and I'm friends with uh, with these guys who had a show on Comedy Central called Corporate. Really funny show. And then uh, a few years into their show, they hit me up, and they said, hey, you want to do a show? You want to like do something? And I was like, yeah, let's do Thinking nothing would happen, but I'd learn from it, you know? And then I go, well, what should you do it on? He goes, where you live? In South Central. And I said, all right, cool. And then, yeah, came up with that, and then... Took the premise. Yeah, took about like a good year, and we sold it. And then Fred, Fred came on as an executive producer because nobody at the oh, time really? knew me, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until they knew the guys that I did the show with because they had a show called Corporate. But it was, it was when they, this guy, uh, one of the guys called me and said, "Hey, would you mind if we attach Fred Armisen to this project? Like, are you cool with that?" I was like, "I fucking work at a warehouse, yeah, dude. Fucking call that fool, you know." <laughs> and then he was even if I didn't like him, I was would have been like, call that motherfucker, yeah. you know? And then he had a potty mouth there. Yeah, yeah. And then he hopped on and then um yeah, I, I think that really helped us. That really That's helped so us. cool. Yeah. Was, and and it's a good much. show. Oh, it's Thanks. such a good show. I, I, I I'm so surprised that I watched that show. The, the, the first yeah. season, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you're here. It's cool. Yeah. Oh, so I can't wait for, once again, this is not as a promotion, just mm-hmm. as a legitimate opinion. Uh, I can't wait for the second season. Thanks, man. I, feel I really like, appreciate that. I feel like the show progressed yeah. so much by the end of it that just, like, I felt like it was, like, building towards this incredible season finale, and then yeah. the finale happened. So I can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah. Your girlfriend's pretty hot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, people love her. People love her. There's so many yeah. great roles in it. So many great actors in it. Yeah. Yeah, Michael Imperioli, he's yeah. great in it. And it's kind of funny because 
you know, we were talking about this earlier. You know, it's been great probably for him to have this show and, and White Lotus. So White now Lotus, he's yeah. known for not just being the guy in Sopranos. I, I sent him, I was going to send him a photo of some of the Bush Tetra stuff. Yes. Because he, he's a big Bush Tetras guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Steve Shelley is now playing in Bush Tetras. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What is that? Is that a band? Yeah, yeah. some like, like 80s New Wave. No Wave band. No wave kind of band. They were on 99 yeah. Records that put out the... Um, you know, white lines don't do it. Song that yeah. who does that? That hip hop song, but that that bass line. Anyway, that's why I want one. You know, Nate No Face. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's that's just from Wilmington. Yeah, yeah he's right. He's a big screamers guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did yeah. you see the screamers? And they would have been done now. You didn't like them? No, I, I love okay few, screamers. Okay, few, I thought. But they, you know, I would have been twelve. Sorry, I was only like 14 that. when I went to my first <laughs> uh, Yeah, Screamers are great. We just, co-defendants, we just did a video to the Screamers song. Yeah. We did the same speed as their song, just so... You copied we, we just used their video yeah. for our song. Oh, you just used that, that one of them performing in the white for room? 122 hours of fear. Yeah. Uh, Apparently that was like a demo for like a TV thing they were going to do. Well, the, if anyone hasn't heard of the Screamers... They were like the most influential LA punk band, and they never yeah. recorded anything, yeah, seven yeah. inch or record, nothing. Yeah, just made videos. Just yeah, those Target videos, right? Yeah, and Target then video. what was it? Superior Biotech just put out that their first official release. Yeah, and it's just all those live recordings and live kind recording, of demos. But it sounds great. It sounds well. They, they even yeah. the demos on the shittiest version of that bootleg. Yeah, were enough Darby, to sell the band. That's where he got his fucking style. Yeah, yeah. It really, it sounds just like it. It's funny seeing the footage of them. In that up and smoke thing, how different they look at that point versus where they would go style, like style-wise, fashion-wise. haircut. Did you see that? Yeah. Fucking awesome. Holy fuck! You know, his wife's dad was the lead singer of the punk band Battered Wives, one of the first Toronto punk bands, and he actually painted my house when I was a little kid. Crazy. Yeah. I know all the early Toronto punk bands. I've never heard of them. Do you know Valtones? No. You never heard the Valtones? No. You know everything. No, dude, you know so much too. We gotta, we gotta make playlists for each other. I would love that. You know, I think, I think you and me, we we're like a, a yin and a yang kind of vibe with this punk rock thing somehow. Yeah, yeah, I don't see that. But could you make <laughs> me a playlist? I would love that. Okay, it's a minute, minute. I'll try. Oh my god, it's just water. Don't worry, no one step here though. You might slip. Um, I'll trade you for a PMRC. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted that. I, I want gave my friend the liberal animation record on the blue vinyl. There's only five ever made. Wow. I gave, gave my friend one for Christmas. Whoa. Is that with the the original sleeve, right? Yeah. Because I, um, when Smelly was on the show, he revealed that that's like the main villain. Smelly was on your show first? Well, Smelly's been on the podcast a bunch of times. One, one time, sorry. You've been on a bunch of times. This is your third appearance on the podcast. Really? Yeah. It seems so fresh to me. One time we did it live at the Bovine, you and me, face yeah. to face. And then we did it during the pandemic. When you told me the first, you had, we were like, yeah, we're, I've got this thing. I'm going to be opening in Vegas. Yeah. And uh, and now here we are. Yeah. And so. Most Wood listen, paneling. Most listened to episode of this podcast ever. The first appearance on the. Your no. Podcast. Yep. Wow. Still. That was a good one. That and Bourdain. I feel every time yeah. I go to the, yeah. the page, it's you, it's you and Bourdain, Anthony Bourdain are the most listened to page. Yeah. I like to be yeah. in your podcast. I like you and Doug Stano. Yeah. Stano is best. Yeah, he's the best. I saw him on your podcast. Yeah. yeah. Saw him on your podcast. You know, we have a connection. You were uh, buddies with this dude from L.A. He lives in New York, Dave Ross. He 
I know, I know Dave Ross. Yeah. Oh, he, he's funny as fuck. He's really fucking funny. You had us play. He he booked me on uh, Pumpkin Brew. Mm. So uh, the one that you did in Huntington Beach. Yeah, really. So he hit me up and he was, hey, Fat Mike's looking for comics to like play, like perform in between bands. So he he like rallied up with like five or six of us. Yeah. And we Pumpkins drove down are hard. Him. Yeah. And then uh, Dave Dave's a good dude. Yeah. He got he got so railed. He did my fiftieth birthday party. Oh, did he? And uh, it's a, it's a tough crowd. Yeah, Every, it was like it was an SM club, so there's SM people and there's punk rockers. And yeah. how do you how do you play that to that yeah. crowd? Yeah, yeah, no, nothing's gonna land. But he's hysterical. Every, every, yeah, he's a really funny guy. Really every funny comedian guy. that's been on the podcast said the punk show has been the worst show they've ever played. Yeah, I had a great time playing punk and brew because I just. You didn't do material, so I was just riffing with people who were walking by, yeah. being like talking about their uh, band shirts, saying that band sucks. And <laughs> like, yeah, I, it was great. I've heard, yeah, like Chris Gethard said that he had to open for the Bouncing Souls one time, and he said it was just no. unbelievable. You don't bad. want to play in front of a punk band. No, no. no. Especially no, if you're Neil Hamburger, because then it's like, oh. yeah. Well, any time he's with a band, what was it? I think he's opening for. Or anytime he does anything. <laughs> It's rough. I have this vivid memory of when I met you, Dave introduced us, and you had just come out. I think you'd done some SM or something. Yeah. And your nipples were elongated. Yeah. <laughs> they're still that way. I mean, they're. No, they're they're like more lemons. than that. They're like lemons. You <laughs> put those guys through the ringer. Look, look at their. Oh my god. Is that uh, calloused? Yeah. yeah. They're, no, they're elongated. Yeah. <laughs> No, they, dog, they look like no, little you, dicks when I saw you. I saw yeah, yeah. one time at a, that thing in your they're hotel. They're my clits. They're my, they're my, they're my clits. clits. Yeah. One time in the hotel room, they used a suction gun on your nipples when we were hanging out. Really? Yeah. Man, I don't remember that. It was um, at Punk Rock Bowling it, it's, years and years ago. Uh, Ten years ago. Yeah. I do some uh, crazy stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm living, you know. Yeah. Well, that's I love it. I love it. And I love that you've dedicated your life to this thing. And I think, you know, as I said to last... To well, I'm glad you found your thing. Hey, if I had to give up one thing, yeah. punk rock, play music, or SM, I'd give up the music. You, and you taught me that yeah. I'm not turned Hell on. Hell yeah. Yeah, and you told me that, you taught me that I'm not really turned on by SM at all. Because I watched that whole night, look, and I was like, fine with it. You're like, you're not into this at all? And I'm like, no, I'm No, not, not everybody is. Yeah, no, yeah. that's the thing. Hippies, room. not that into it. Hippies? This doesn't look like a hippie oh, would dress. You look, show of hands, does he look like a hippie right now? Tie-dye t-shirt, a Grateful Dead One, button. Two, three, four, five. And what are those Grateful boots? Dead what are those boots? Grateful Dead button. This is a, and a fanny dinosaur that you junior wore fanny around back. your chest. A dinosaur junior fanny pack, deep wound. Okay, that that goes wound. against you too. Excellent. Dinosaur oh. junior. Are you joking? No, dinosaur senior. Now they were something. <laughs> you need that. <laughs> dinosaur junior needs to be in this museum. A hundred thousand. Why don't you help us out? Okay. Well, like you know, like well, because you didn't return my fucking email when I asked to. And she was over text. I was like, I'm on. Oh, oh, now it's text. I'm on. Yeah. I can bring it. get the text off my phone. I'm like on five thousand milligrams. I wrote you a letter back. No, through mail. <laughs> I just didn't get it. It's probably lost in the post because of the pandemic. It's the most loving, complicated relationship I've ever had. <laughs> it, it is very thorny. Yeah. I'm like the. But Char- y'all love each other. I can tell. I'm the Charlie Brown to his Lucy. Every yeah. time I get close to that football, fuck yeah. Yeah, see. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it definitely feels like a place where, like, and it's and obviously, you know, we're talking about the bad stuff where in stuff, some of the stuff in LA at different times, and like, you know, some of the stuff in New York and other places where this stuff. But there's also this place where 
I don't know. I guess you can change my opinion about Christian punk. Like, I used to be, like, you, like I was raised in your kind of image in a lot of ways, where I was just, like, Christian shit gets thrown out of the way. And then now I realize that, like, a Christian punk thing, that was, like, the escape hatch for a lot of these kids into yes, secular stuff. Yeah. I was hanging out with MXP accessible. Yeah, they were Christian. Right? Yeah, they were. Yeah, and uh, two funny things. I said, I'll put out your record on fat, but if you sing about Jesus, I won't. I made it really clear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Mike Herrera called me like four years ago. He goes, Mike, you're the first person I'm calling. I don't believe in God anymore. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. That's great. You called me first? And <laughs> Schmuck. I, he's been on the podcast. That's good, dude. Yeah. yeah. He's been on the podcast, and, and, and so has um, David Bazan from Pedro the Lion. And you don't know Pedro the Lion? It's a real band? Yeah, Pe- I'm J-Tree. Very sub-pop, too. There's some stuff on sub-pop. Sub-pop? You know what Dave's on? I'll, I'll, I'll make a playlist. <laughs> he will not like Pedro the Lion, I don't think. But anyway, he was on the podcast. He kind of talked about how when he was beginning questioning God and, and his place in, in faith and Christianity. That's so weird. He, he, found, he found Ian Mackay as like a, an off-ramp for him, like a way to kind of like, you know, he talks about it when he's on the podcast. I'm, I'm paraphrasing terribly on what he's Riddle me this, though. Yes. Yeah. And Fugazi. Yes. You know, five dollar door. That's all cool. Yeah. Why not sell merch? What is politically incorrect about selling a fucking T-shirt? Well, I heard that I because on Instrument on that documentary Instrument they talked. I if I remember correctly, he said it had more to do with like we would then have to pay a person to come and handle merch for us and all that. that so is such BS. You think so? Yeah, he made enough money. Yeah, and I like Ian. Ian's cool. Yeah, but uh, no, he had his income from Discord. Yeah. So, but I don't understand why you would make that stance. You couldn't yeah. bring a t-shirt guy? Just bring t-shirts. He, uh, when he was... When he it's was on, weird. When uh, the Arches of the Loaf guys were on the podcast, they said that Guy from Fugazi was at their show by the merch table recently and was just watching as all these kids were buying shirts. And he's like, geez, we probably should have sold some t-shirts back then. <laughs> so. no, one, no one did back then. Did, did, you, did you, you ever heard that really famous that comedian uh, really funny guy New York guy he has a joke about um, Todd Berry you yeah. ever heard Todd Berry's Fugazi joke uh-uh. uh, <laughs> you know Todd Berry he's a comedian really funny guy he has a joke he goes um, played in a punk ba- or a kind of punk adjacent yeah he was in a punk band in Florida yeah. in like the 80s yeah. he says he goes he has a great joke where he goes there's a documentary about this punk band named Fugazi they're really punk they only charge five dollars for a show which sounds cool but you know the drummer's like Hey, how about we charge eight? I don't want to live with my mom till I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. He needs to do that because he has yeah. all the fucking Teen Idols money. Yeah. Well, you know, that's uh, funny. Youth Brigade money. Yeah. It's funny when you talk to Ian because, you know, I think that's what I think is like there's so many paths to be involved with punk, right? Like, and obviously he's got one. And Fugazi took one very specific path. And I'm like, yeah, it could never happen again today. It's unreplicatable now because we live in a world where these things don't exist. He's like, you know, it could still happen. It could still happen. It, it could still happen. No, you need those, if, if the right precursors were there that they had, like you need to have that popular band with no, a popular like, catalog. No effects right now. We book all our own venues. They're not owned by Live Nation or AG. Right. We just played the lot next to the auto museum yeah. in Tacoma. We just rented the place. They're like the biggest shows you played in North America, it seems like, two huge shows. Yeah, the, yeah. And, like outside uh, of we, we do it all ourselves. And which is so cool because we own the bar and we don't have to pay ticket uh, yeah. fees and uh, it's just 
he can't do it. He can't do a whole tour like we do shows every few weeks because yeah. it takes a long time to organize. But you can do whatever the fuck you want. You, you could just have to do it. You could, but like I mean, in terms of like trying not to be corporately involved in any way when we're all on Spotify now, we're all you're selling your shit on your phone. That's, that's like, distribution. That's what I'm saying. Like the distribution channels aren't there like they were in the '90s, where there was sort of like an independent distribution system. I don't really see that much of a difference. It's distribution. That's why I love about you this. know like like. It, it, you have your records sold in chain stores. Yeah. Inner Tower Records. Yeah. Well, they're a corporation. Who fucking cares? You want to get your record out so people can listen to it. I just read Homeboy's book, uh, The Guy Who Owned Lookout Records. Yeah, Larry Livermore. Yeah, that fucking book is great. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I love that he goes, How to Start a Label and Then Ruin It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You yeah. know what's great? I gotta read that. Yeah, it's great. I- you know, you got a, there's that Sasquatch weed documentary yeah. that's like about how there were some murders that happened and they blamed yep. it on the Sasquatch. If you watch the documentary, the main talking head in it is Larry Livermore. Yeah. And I don't think they key him even as like founder of Lookout Records. I think it's just like resident Larry Livermore. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, the guy that's on Green Day. Yeah. It's crazy. You know what I love? You think Operation Ivy is the best Scott Punk band of all time. Well, anyone who says otherwise is wrong. Well, they're wrong. Yeah, yeah they're wrong. That's like one of those irrefutables that you can say, you know, about punk. Everything else you and me can debate on, but I'm like, I'm glad that the one well, point we see. Greatest hardcore band, we, we know what the, both of them are. Oh, that's a hard one. No, it's not. Are you going to say Minor Threat? Minor Threat and Bad Brains. And who? Bad, Bad Brains. Yeah. That panda. I don't know. I would say maybe Bad Brains and Black Flag for me. You know? I like I love Minor Threat, but I think Black Flag there would be no Minor Threat without Black Flag. Like the Teen Idols came out to, you know, no. uh, California. Threat, you know why they were so good? Because they knew how to play. Brian Baker knew how to play. Oh, they were, they were music school. But I think that's that's a, the Bad Brains influence on everyone. My whole theory of music is based on Minor Threat. Yeah, I think. What's your theory of music? Well, one, he sings one note or two. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. The chords change because I can't sing very well, so I only sing one note a lot of the time, yeah. mm-hmm. and let the music do the work. Yeah, and Minor Threat—they were the best. I mean, why is it so catchy? Because they wrote great riffs. They do have really catchy songs. Have you heard that Ben Gibbard cover of Filler? No. Like it's on. Have you seen the Ben Kingsley video? You haven't seen the Ben Kingsley yeah, video? What is it? What, what is, is it? He does Ian McKay. In it. Really? No, it's incredible. Yeah, that's right. There is some sort of thing like that, right? Where he does, like he does the song Minor Threat. Yeah. And he's bald, and he, he has all the moves down. It's Ben Kingsley. Right. It's like, is this I real? I've ever watched this. Yeah. Is it, is it real, or is it a deep fake? It's absolutely real. Okay. Wow. I'm trying to fit, what was that band I think I was talking to you? I I was doing stand-up in Washington, D.C. a few years ago, and I was able to get Ian's uh, email address. So I hit him up to invite him to come to the show. And he said, I can't come because I'm hanging out with my wife and kids on the weekend, but why don't you come to the Discord house and I'll give you a tour. You got to go there? Yeah, I got to go to the oh, Discord house. So he got turned away. And then he, he was like, and then he, next door is the warehouse, the Discord offices. What was cool is he gave me a ticket. He still had the stack of tickets of when Teen Idols played the Hong Kong. And That's and, fucking awesome. And handwritten they misspelled their name they spelled I I D O L S. So all of the all the like United writers, guys like they're they wrote it. They wrote or, or, they corrected it. Yeah. But they played with a band from Bakersfield that he was telling me about called P 
puke and vomit. No, it's, it's blood spit and puke or yeah, spit, blood puke, spit and, and puke. piss or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, but that was cool. He gave me. I still have that ticket. Their album cover is one of the fucking serious album covers ever. Where the photo of the band, it's them pointing guns at a family, including like a little girl, and like one of them's got like a pistol to her head <laughs> on the cover of the record. Terrifying band. They were all like really scary people apparently. And yeah, you got to go to the Discord house. Yeah, man, we, I've been we there. drove there, and they said no. Recently. Kinda, it was 85. Yeah, that was recent. <laughs> that was recent. You guys probably all had dreadlocks. He was like, oh, that's probably some ska band. Yeah, we do have dreadlocks then. We're skinheads. In 85? On yeah. that 85 tour? Yeah. In 10 years of fucking yeah. up? Yeah, yeah apparently. Your tour starts in 12 Oh, shit, okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right, is anyone here going on my tour? All right, I apologize. You guys should have said something. I'm feeling very sorry. Hey, thank you everyone for coming. Thank you to Melanie Kay for putting this together. Huge shout out, Melanie. Mike, welcome back to the show. And I thank had to. Thank you for having me back. I had to invite backup because every time uh, you and me get together, there's always this weird energy. So I brought our mutual friend as sort of a bridge between our two different ideologies, Chris Estrada. Chris, thank you for being Chris here. Estrada. Oh, yeah. Yes. Thanks for having me, man. Comedian, TV yeah. star, and uh, and my friend. Yeah, yeah. Excited to kick it and talk. Yeah, we have definitely had uh, – well, we talked, we talked in person at the museum, and both Chris and I – we're blown away by getting to go there and kind of see it in person. And I think, you know, doing it in a live setting, it's kind of overwhelming. And I don't think we ever really kind of like got to really talk about stuff. It just was like sort of a fun chat. So in addition to the live show that we're putting up, I thought we could have like a calmer. Yeah. You know, level Part two. Well, hanging out with you, Damon, is, uh, you know, it's awkward. It's very <laughs> awkward. It's very fun. You and me, you and me have the most opposite energies <sighs> on earth well i'm a punk yeah. rocker uh but <laughs> that's the one way i i think i feel like i feel like you no. and me your band has songs that are like 11 minutes long yeah we learned well, it from dad <laughs> you know i must say this motherfucker yeah. what's up chris <laughs> mike uh he, he's like i feel like damien's your penny rimball to your stiff baiters you know all right, I don't know who one of those people is, but I can see the allegory or the uh, the metaphor. Uh, no, he's the Jerry Garcia of punk. Look at him. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll I'll be the Jerry Garcia, the non creepy Jerry Garcia. But uh, yeah. you're you not creepy. I feel like I feel like that's the thing. Like you, you know, there's we all believe in this God punk, but we all have different interpretations of it, and I. I maybe am a hippie because I love all the interpretations. I think I believe well, you love all all music. It's probably no. never a band you don't like. Oh no, there's tons of bands. You're I don't a music like. lover. You're a music lover. There's nothing wrong with that. No, no, but I I'm not. I really don't. I really like very small bands of music, and yeah. I feel like, but anyone that claims punk is able to be a part of it is what I do feel, even if I don't like the shit they're making. Well, it's it's neat that uh, punk rock is a label that we we put on ourselves and, and like uh, you know what are you uh I, I like some people say i'm gay that's how they identify we say we're punk rockers it's so weird because people don't say i'm jazz, <laughs> I'm jazz yeah, yeah. i'm not many styles of music means so much to you 
and, and kind of defines you. Oh, it, it fills that void, you know, in the same way that there's these horrible people that fill that void with Donald Trump or Jordan Peterson. We found something positive to fill it with. And that's yeah, the family. Yeah. What, how do you identify, Chris? What would you say? You know what's so funny? I, you know, to me, as I've gotten older, I think it just means a lot of things. Like to me, like Gigi Allen is as valid as propaganda. You know what I oh, mean? That's, that's, I've never heard. I don't think anyone's ever said that. Like it's almost as valid to me because, or like, you know, even thinking about like sick of it all is valid as born against, you know, like. Oh, it, they're, all, they're all valid, you know, yeah, if, they, valid. if they mean it. If they and, mean it. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I think if they mean it. But, you know, it's crazy because I feel like I can always tell when somebody to them, it's just a music form. Like you could kind of tell when somebody's like, I just like shit that's loud and fast. And you can tell motherfuckers who are like, yo, this shit is a philosophy. It's a subculture to me. It's a community. It's you a know community. what I mean? Yeah, it's a yeah, church. It's a community. Yeah. Do you ever get tired of that, though? Do you do you do you ever feel like your life is punk 24 seven? Like, is that something that like you're like? Man, no, I'm, no, not, not, not at all. You know? uh, I'm pretty consistent yeah. in who I am. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when I'm at home, most of my life, I'm, uh, I'm a, kind of a boy girl. Like my, my lady, she loves mm -hmm. me. Feminine, and I'm just, I'm, I'm the same. I still talk like fucking a bro, but, yeah. uh, you know, I'm way more into SM than, than music. And yeah. And that feels different uh, from your music life, right? Like what does it feel different from punk or does it feel like, does SM no, it feel like it, an extension? In punk because it's, I'm doing what society thinks is lame. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm getting weird. And if you're not yeah. getting weird, you're weird. If you're not, yeah. you know, like I have the don't dream it, be it tattoo from Rocky horror. Yeah. It took me a long time to live a life I wanted to. And yeah. you know, someday uh, uh, just like a cowboy, because you know, who doesn't look good in a cowboy hat? Yeah. Do you ever feel like a, uh, you ever do you ever feel like survivor's guilt like this is kind of a thing i think about like in terms of like as a comedian like because you're you successful know, you feel guilty because you're successful yes and sometimes because i know other cats like who i think are just as funny who maybe dropped out or haven't gotten there yet and i don't know if they will and it's funny like i mean i think of you and all the bands you came up with like you know i think rkl had their demons but like you know RKO never got to where no effects is at, or like there's other bands. Uh, I'm talking era. about RKO, Chris Estrada. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, RKL, they that was a, a fucking weird thing. They were yeah. the but do you feel survivor's guilt? Time. Huh? Do you ever feel survivor's guilt? Like in the sense, like shit, we no, made no, no, it. no. No, I, I I just feel so fortunate that I've got to be with my best friends for 40 years, touring the world, having yeah. a great time. You know, yeah. I, I every I wake up and me and my chicks egg morning to it's going to be another great day and every yeah. day is it's not some Stuart smalley thing who's positive and we're not doing that it's just you can make your day great yeah and uh and punk rock gave me so much uh and every, all of us mm -hmm. it was like like you said community and you don't have to follow society you can do whatever you fucking want yeah. and don't don't dream it be it and we ought to do that look at this you know, yeah. we all have things we do that makes us happy. It's not yeah. our life. Yeah. But we're all punker. We're all punks. Yeah. I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But uh, like, I think in the same way that it's become my life, I, like I'm following in your footsteps. It was your life. Like you've put out punk magazines. You run a fucking punk museum. Like you, this is who you are. You don't take this off. Like Greg Graffin was on the show and talked about how he would go home 
to stay with his dad during the summers in Wisconsin and would take off punk like it was a uniform and put it in the closet, you know, and like, you know, he, he was able to maintain these two dualities at the same time of being in like this sort of university guy and then being this like guy on stage talking about punk. Yeah, well, Greg Raffin's weird. <laughs> yeah, but, <I'm, laughs> but a lot of people do it. And a lot of people get to a certain age and they take it off and put it in the closet, you know, but you never did. Like punk is who you are. I just, I can't think of being anything else, but I am, you know, I, I have other kind of identities, but uh, I'm just who I am. And uh, damn, it's just so good. How fucking cool is it to be in a band or to be a comedian, fucking your own show. By the way, uh, I hear you're doing a comedy show. Yeah. Yeah. We're planning something. Yeah. I want to fucking open. Can I open? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I told Melanie, Melanie, to have you open, to have Uh, you open or close it out. (laughs) Yeah. I would say close it out, Chris, because I've seen the (laughs) cookie. I I was at Cokie the Clown uh, version one, episode one, and uh, nothing could follow that. That's really, uh, it's really like you never. Well, that was depressing. That was something else. You said that was like, what did you say is the weirdest? The one of the most powerful performances I've ever seen. Yeah. you, You were there, the first one. The very first one. And I bought the gimmick. I bought like hook, line, and it's sinker. It's not a gimmick. They're all true stories. No, I don't. I know, I know the stories are. But I mean, like, it's like it was like pro wrestling, you know? But like the fact that you then went out and did all the bottle stuff with yeah. that. When I went on tour and did three shows, I, I could never do it again. I was so upset and depressed singing songs about things that happened to me. You know, yeah. I got my ex wife out of a a tub that she tried to kill herself and she was unconscious. And I, you know, it's, it's, it's you, when you sing about these things, it, it really affects you. So it was, it was rough. Well, that's what I think when Chris taught, brought up survivor's guilt, like that's what Koki the clown seemed to me like that was, and I know you hate when I fucking say it, but that's trauma. Like that's trauma processing. Oh yeah. Tons of trauma, but I don't feel guilty about it. I think singing about it helps people. Uh, like you're not but, alone. But they help you through shit. It doesn't make, it doesn't define your life. Yeah. You molested. Yeah. That sucked. That really sucked, but don't let that motherfucker uh, yeah. ruin your life. Do, do you feel like it helped you a lot? All that? A Koki? No, people yeah. say, was it cathartic? Yeah, no. was it cathartic? No, no, it was, no. it was, it was rough. I was at Danny Loner's house from Nine Inch Nails and yeah. I recorded it all there and I lived at his house. Yeah. And I was just fucking doing blow and painkillers and vodka and I was curled up in a corner singing yeah. lyrics and it oh, you make, feel that on the record you can feel that on the record i, I mean better. it's painful no and it's it, it people think it's an all an act it wasn't an act i just yeah. i got i dug deep and sang songs yeah. true stories of uh my life and uh it's weird how i had a lot of that stuff like got my roommate down from hang for after he hung himself but the yeah. weird thing is that everyone else was so upset and i wasn't mm-hmm. and I was like, why, why is it this affecting everybody else and not me yeah. so much? And it's because, you know, we are all brought up in fucking weird, broken homes. Yeah. And Do you think that's what it was? Like just whatever home? Yeah. My parents were, uh, you know, they didn't abuse me. They just were never there. Yeah. I feel I mean, you. Never. Three Stooges yeah. were my parents. Yeah. I have a hard time feeling that kind of stuff too. Like, you know, I grew up in a rough neighborhood. There was a lot of like, a lot of black and Latino gangs are always beefing. So like sometimes I'll talk about seeing like drive-by shootings or people I saw get shot like in front of me, you know, people I saw, I saw a few people growing up die right in front of me. And sometimes I'll tell my friends, like I'll tell a friend, I remember I was retelling a friend this story and then I kind of laughed about it because I like I was able to find the joke in it. And he was kind of like, 
damn, that's kind of fucked up, don't you think? And I go, well, I, I, I don't know, dude. I'm just uncomfortable. Like, this is the way I'm dealing with it. This was our like, normal when we were yeah. kids. Sorry, and I'm not saying that I you don't know I'm, what normalcy is. Yeah. And I'm not saying I think about it every day, but I think it probably has shaped me in a certain way because sometimes I find myself being being irreverent about violence. Like and and, and not irreverent in the sense that I don't think that I think violence is good, but I also it, it I guess it's it may, there. It's there. Yes, it's exactly there. So like when somebody went when I like, I remember one time when I was a kid, my my older cousin, he was a gang member, really tough dude, in and out of prison his whole life. One time I was talking shit to him when I was 13, and he knocked me out. And then he, like, <laughs> he, he decked me. And then when I got up, I was all mad, crying. And he was like, all right, let me talk to you. Like, he goes, you weren't expecting that, were you? And I go, nah, why would you hit me? You're my fucking cousin. And he goes, all right, I love you, and look at what I did. Now, imagine what someone who doesn't love you would do to you. Wow. So, Unless you're ready to, and I don't know that that's right, but that's just the way I grew it's up. It's reality when you it's when you're growing yeah. up in the ghetto or bad yeah. neighborhoods. It's reality. Yeah. You got to know what it is. Yeah, you got to know what to expect, and you know that's what you get. Sometimes yeah. you just get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's, it's funny. I don't fair. think it's right. It's you not know, what you deserve, think... but it's what yeah. you fucking get. Yeah, yeah. but it might Man. be reality, but it doesn't make it any less terrible to deal with afterwards like you said you were unaffected by your friend's death but you clearly were like you've written songs about it. i know about this from different places you've talked about well, it publicly but, you know uh after the paramedics left we went to, out to a party and and two people there my my ex aaron and my roommate jerry they had uh anxiety for years and had to see therapists because it was so brutal yeah and i was like mm, he had a head injury and he wanted to go yeah it, you know, it's what it is. It's, and well, it's pragmatic. I think it's you almost have like I feel like sometimes I feel like I have I, I try to be pragmatic about certain things in a way where it's almost because if I'm not, I'm just gonna wallow in. Yeah, you have, have to compartment compartmentalize yeah. and you have to get on and and being entertainers too, you, you gotta put it on your face, you gotta be funny. Yeah. And you that, think you that I wonder put it all behind you and it's how it is. You know, it's, it's, it's Camus. It's uh, the plague. You know, everyone's dying from the plague. And after a few months, everyone's just like, ah, everyone's dying. Let's go to the opera. We, we have to hang out. We have to live our lives. And you just live in that environment. Do you think some of that got lost? Like with, you talk about being funny. Cause to me, Cookie is not funny. Like, no. you know, it's not funny. So I wonder if it's like one of those things where like, when people thought it was an act, it was, almost this history because no effects is like in this weird kind of history like history of punk in that you guys aren't a comedy band i've never thought of you as a comedy band but you fools have a sense of humor <laughs> you know right. what i mean our, our songs are serious yeah yeah your they're, songs uh, are serious social change yeah and, uh, uh they're smart songs we don't have a lot of funny songs but we're just funny on stage because that's like you're funny on stage yeah and i, I think, think you know, noam chomsky noam chomsky he's the smartest dude but he's not getting to as many people as Michael Moore did because Michael yeah. Moore was funny and he made enter entertaining movies and great books. Yeah. But but the difference is you can go to a Michael Moore movie and not, well, maybe Michael Moore is different, but you can go to a Rage Against the Machine show, not get it, not like the lyrics and, and still enjoy it. And like, and you can't do that with a Noam Chomsky show. So there's like, sometimes the message is going to be lost if the songwriting is good enough or if the, the art is good enough, the message can be, ignored and the art can just be appreciated well i just it's fun to make songs that uh make people think 
and make mm-hmm. them look at themselves differently. Um, yeah, and songs I, that most people don't understand, don't get, because you don't want to write songs that everyone gets. Lowest common denominator is fucking bullshit. Yeah. And, and, but your show, Chris, is like, you fucking tackle all that shit. And what's cool is that oh, thanks, you are man. that person. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. It's, it's not a character. Be, yeah. That's you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that like is you said, to a certain extent. Yeah. You got, you got socked. And mm-hmm. it's, so that's why it's so real when you wrote it. Yeah. Because you're the dork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the gang yeah. member. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. that shit, you know, when yeah. people are real. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, but do you think some of that, like, joking around like that in the past, like, do you feel like Koki was misunderstood? Uh, what I didn't think was going to happen is that people, a lot of people can't listen to the album. Yeah. Because it really makes them depressed and it, yeah. it fucks them up. And I, uh, I didn't expect that. I just thought yeah. it was a beautiful album. No, it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it's gut wrenching though. Like, cause it doesn't feel like, like, uh, it doesn't even, it doesn't, there's nothing tongue in cheek about it. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I made some mistakes on that album that yeah. I realized I didn't need to go sing all the truth, like about my exes. Yeah. You know, I was just telling the truth, but it hurt them. Yeah. Is that and, something that you struggle with? Cause you, you kind of live a transparent life which I think like, so it's this weird thing where I bet you like there's people who come up to you and think they know you. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I am me. And I, and if you listen to my songs, you know me or our book, like our book, I made everyone in the band. I go, if we're going to do this, you have to tell everything, you know, Mm -hmm. this is bullshit. It it has to hurt if we're going to make a great, a great book. And everyone did. Yeah. But I think with the Koki the Clown thing, part of the reason it got lost is because so many people were talking about the stunt and the pee thing. And like you're saying... Yeah, they, they thought it was a character or a joke. Yeah. And like when you do the stuff on stage, the silliness on stage, I think a lot of the times the the, the message can get lost for people. Like I think no effects no, is definitely... You're right. You're right. They don't, people don't get it. Yeah. They don't get yeah. that. It's not humor, but I say things that make people very uncomfortable. And that's... I love that about uh, being a performer is yeah. I like making people happy, but you know, I also like to make people feel at home and like they do know us and that our music's important to them and our lyrics are important to them. And I, I still I keep pushing the envelope of writing lyrics that fuck people up. They're, they're not mean, but they, uh, they may hurt a little. Yeah. Is that something you think about a lot, like in terms of fans, like you kind of can't control who you're, that's kind of something I'm learning. Like you can't really control your fans. And I, I know that because sometimes I go, I go do stand up, and I, I don't do it as much anymore, but I used to have this joke where I used to say, you know, I grew up with my older cousin and you know, when he, when we were growing up, he used to make fun of me. And then I go, but now that we're older, he's married, he's a father, he's a husband, but it means the world to me that he makes the time to at least call me once a week to tell me that I'm gay. And like, and I, and the joke was about, I was kind of poking fun at these type of dudes that call, I, I used to say, yeah, I, yeah. how do you, but you, got, how did do you get in trouble for it? No, but what's funny is one time I, I would get this thing where like, there would be gay dudes that would come to my show and come up to me and go, I love that joke. I grew up with a cousin like that. And they were like, I'm gay. And I like that joke. And sometimes I would, I would come up after a show, there'd be like this guy who would come up to me and go <laughs> laugh and pat like slap me on the back and be like oh what's up you folks like you know and yeah. they're yeah and they think they're being funny you know what i mean and it's like one no, of no. those things where it's like 
I'm like, man, how does the, it's weird. It's like, it's intention. It's all about intention. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about intention. You're right. Yeah. Make people laugh. You don't want to make people feel bad, but often somebody is the butt of the joke because that's why it's the butt of the joke. Yeah. And fair enough. But, uh, you know, like Doug Stanhope, he, he mentors me and he's brutal. He's brutal. Yeah. When you hear all his jokes, they're all politically correct. When, yeah. when the joke is all the way around, yeah, they they all make sense and they're all politically correct. It's just what he says; it's just so offensive yeah. to people, but it's not offensive. Yeah, no, like exactly. Jesse Lex, Jesse I mean. is he's just saying, but it's yeah. but Jesse Lex is so fucking funny. What are you going to yeah. do? What yeah. what the problem comes is is uh, Kramer, right? When yeah. he's <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah. You're not funny. You never were funny. You're on Fridays and you're, uh, you know, uh, you're, you're a comedian with your actions, you know, in Pratt Falls, mm-hmm. but uh, that wasn't funny. Yeah. And uh, whenever he calls someone to play a golf game, they say, sorry, we, we already have a threesome, you know, <laughs> you can hang out with him. Yeah. Up. Yeah. yeah and, and, and yeah, what he said was not funny, but you you weren't a Seinfeld fan before that at all. I love Seinfeld. No, he was good, but it's it's slapstick. When he does, he brings the slapstick. Yeah. When he was on Fridays, he wasn't funny. It was just weird. He's <laughs> he's not a stand up. Yeah. You know he's a he's a slapstick comedian. He would he would have worked great with the Three Stooges. Yeah. Comedy and punk have that in common where there's stuff that at one time was culturally appropriate for it that later on becomes less so and things appreciate yeah. so differently in both worlds. Well, yeah. The bands in the eighties fear and the Avengers and everyone's an X everyone's singing the N word and mm-hmm. the F word. And it was okay back then. Cause that's just how people talked. I mean, the yeah. was bad news bears. It, yeah. you know, it, it made a point, but it's and, also uh, the intention. I feel like you're saying, because like when X wrote Los Angeles, I never yeah. thought they were saying they, I, it was clearly a, a story yeah. about somebody who's racist and leaving LA because they can't put up with it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but it's interesting. Cause I, I heard John Doe talk about that recently where he just said, you know what? I, I don't, I don't feel like fighting it. I just won't say it. Like I, we just right. don't do that part of the song anymore. And I, like, I just, I, I can't say that word ever. So I just yeah. can't say it. I can say, can, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you can't say yeah. that word. It just feels so wrong to me. Yeah. But, and, and, you know, where is comedy right now? Because it's taken some bruises, you know, mm-hmm. for, for being politically correct. Yeah. Well, you know, and- I think it's it's the same place where punk is. Like, you know, I think it's the same place because I feel like in doing comedy reminds me a lot of punk in a lot of ways because you get these two sort of things where you get you get this more kind of like academic side of punk you know, where you, you you get this kind of very academic side of punk and then you get this kind of like more looser kind of broier punk. And I, and, and I say I mean, bro, you're talking about Pennywise. Just... Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> like something like that. Right. Or even, even going back, it's like thinking of the, the sick of it all thing, the born against thing where they talk shit to each other on the radio. You know, that's a thing that still exists. Like there's still those kind of bands that were like well because they're kind of metalish and metal bands do that. Metal bands have beefs. Yeah. What born against is not metal. Oh, any band? They're all they all hardcore, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) (laughs) Hardcore was Minor Threat. 
Yeah. And the FUs, that was hardcore. When yeah. everything was metal, it was like, wait a second, don't take our name of hardcore of yeah. Black Flag. You guys have metal licks. Yeah, so you know? yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like metal affected all everyone, like Motorhead, Kiss, like all that yeah. stuff. Kiss? We call it Kiss Metal. Come on, let's not talk Kiss. Metallica had had a good album. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We all know what it what it was. Yeah. Ride the Lightning. Okay. Yeah. Wait, Ride the Lightning's your Metallica record over Kill Them All? It's Metallica record. Fuck no, off. no, not not at all. Not oh. at all. No, you, master, you're, you're yeah. a master of puppets you, guy, right, Damien? Yeah. What is I, it? Forget them all or kill them all. Kill them all. Are you a Kill Them All fan? Oh my God! Can you believe if I'm when they I do their punk covers? Lyrics, like you can't write lyrics. Leather spikes and <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Metallica when they're doing their punk covers, and I like them when like they're playing on hey, the killing joke song. Let's not talk about Metallica, okay? <laughs> but but I think like that's the thing about punk is there's We're always punk rock, gonna... punk rock is cool, metal is not. I, I but and that's the thing is I think there's always going to be that duality of like like street hard, this is rock and roll. Means. They're grumpy. They go through their fucking life being grumpy, playing grumpy music and being grumpy. And <laughs> but, but and it meets it meets this sort of like intellectual desire for something greater in punk, like this sort of like yeah. art school kid, you know, and that's what the sex pistols were. We have smarter lyrics and it's it's protest music. It doesn't come from rock and roll, it comes from fucking folk music. You know, our chord progressions, our lyrics. No, it's not rock and roll. Uh, you don't say, what Chuck Berry? You don't think Chuck Berry's got a got a thing to do with the way our guitars no, sound? Our chord progressions don't come from Chuck Berry. They come from Bob Dylan and and Beatles and uh, disagree, disagree, and, and, and bread and uh, yeah. yeah, no, seriously, uh, Bad Religion. You know where Brett gets his song songs from? Rush Records or something? I don't Which know. Song books. Pete Seeger, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, they're in six eight. Like walk away, walk away. It's Jewish songs. Oh, I see that. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah. I see that. And yeah. I've listened to a lot of French folk music, and I've got a lot of cool ideas from from chord progressions. Yeah, or where like uh, Spanish music, like Mexico, it's all one that comes from rock and roll. That's one, four, five. It's just, it's yeah. the same chords. It's not folk music. It's like Germany. Drink, drink beers and play the same fucking three chords. I see what you're going to say though, because I, you know, you could listen to some early punk and you can be like, oh yeah, I could see where this comes from. Like, you know, three chord Chuck Berry rhythm and black rhythm and blues. But then you listen to like a hardcore record from the eighties and you go, oh, this has nothing to do with Chuck Berry. Like, I don't hear the Chuck Berry. The anything. germs, they didn't have anything to do but, with that. But but that also has to do with, I'm not a fucking musician and I can't play a lick of, I don't even know how to play an instrument. I'm just saying from my ears, like I could listen to a hardcore record, you know, and, and not find, and not hear the Chuck Berry riffs in. Yeah, no, you're right. Like Chuck Berry's not. Ramones, in- yeah, Ramones had, had yeah. some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Basically, we, we just we, punk rocker said, "Fuck you and your fucking songs." We're going to play chord progressions that aren't accepted, and make sounds that aren't accepted. And but our lyrics were protest music, which wasn't rock and roll. Uh, you, you're right on that. Like, I guess you're right. Folk music is ultimately like protest music, and like folk music being international folk music, like you're saying, like there's folk music in every country, and that you know, and like there's punk in every country. Like, have you heard of this record label? Oh. Uh, only half the countries. Have you heard of T- Tiananmen '89? Have you heard okay, of Tiananmen? Right. right again, Damien. Right again. 
got these I records. Know punk band. I know it's we all know this punk band is every country. You you went around the world. You made a fucking documentary about <laughs> you did. punk everywhere. Nuh-uh. You did. You did. <laughs> nah, dude. I watched it in Japan. I watched it in Japan. No. In Singapore, that was good when we fucking did drugs. We didn't we did we didn't know what we were snorting. There's some scary shit in that. Like Mexico, like yeah. there's some scary like you were doing drugs in places where doing drugs is very different than even North America where it's well, kind of Mexico, scary. It's, it's it's part of the culture there. I mean uh, you, do it, we, you do it before dessert at a restaurant. Do, you've told me be, before what got cut out of that episode, and that seems terrifying. We have no idea what got cut out. We you, cut out. You told me. Oh, that that's the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do when a film crew follows you for a few years? They're gonna get you on your worst night. Yeah. You're such an asshole, and you think you're not an asshole, and oof, happened to me a few times. I wanted That's, to show, but everyone's like, "We can't show this, Mike, because it's you're too much of a dick." Yeah. Do Do you worry? Do you ever have? Do you are you aware of what your public perception is? Uh, I am, and it, it just it confuses me. How so? Because I'm I'm really such a loving, caring, honorable man. Yeah, I feel that. I think you are. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I don't lie. I don't cheat. Yeah. I never fucking went over, never take revenge. And I'm nice to people. Yeah. People know me as an asshole. Yeah. And it just, it blows my mind. You think it's probably getting lost in there though. Like I feel like you're probably right. Cause there is that perception of that you're an asshole, but also like if somebody's seeing you get filmed that much, yeah, you're going to have a breaking point. I'm assuming, you know, or like, well, or sometimes you say like if you're if you're trying to be funny, like I just know this from being a comic. Like sometimes some shit's not gonna land, and you know, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I know. And, not- and you guys have way more legroom, yeah, because we're in bands and we can't put we can't push the envelope of being funny. Yeah, people, they get really pissed off. Like well, I because was I think there's an inherent homophobic. righteousness to punk that there isn't in comedy. Well, I was accused of being homophobic and Fat Records, yeah. an unsafe place for the LBGTQ community. Like, what are you talking about? I'm queer. Yeah. I'm the president because we made rainbow shirts and it was all this shit. Well, you don't have any bands that are all gay or all lesbian. Well, no, but we have bands that have gay people and lesbians in them. What the yeah. fuck do you want? Yeah. It's just, uh, that makes sense. So you're not standard, a- you can't, yeah. you can't live up to. Yeah. But you 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 have kind of courted that a little bit with like my jobs to keep punk rock elite and like I've had some of the best times in my fucking life with you and I think you are a sweetheart. You've also been kind of a fucking asshole to me at different times too. Oh. You know, well, just I like just, just giving me shit. Like you know, like doing a split with fat with no effects was a big deal to me. And having you just be like your songs are too long, haha. Like that, it didn't hurt me to my core where I'm going to do a Koki the Clown record about it. No, but, but at the same the time, it, it did bum me out. I was just being honest. I wasn't absolutely I wasn't hurtful, and I and I didn't call you and go, "Hey, your songs are too long." You wanted to do a split seven inch. So I'm like, uh, no, I'm I'm doing one with the spits. Is what I did. Yes, exactly. But the guy who's like, my job's to keep punk rock elite. You don't fit my parameters of punk. You know, like you kind of. No, I didn't want to split seven inch with you, okay? But but you've also said the Melvins aren't punk. You said Dazzler Junior's not punk. You know, like there's there's. Oh. You've got a very divine. Don't hate me because I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) How are the Melvins punk? They're they're cool. Get punk! God damn it, Mike! 
I think <laughs> you have to, you ha- uh, Flipper is allowed to be that slow, but you have to have some speed and energy no. to be a punk band. You know, like Spin Magazine years ago did the 100 greatest punk records. I remember that. Put, uh, Alice, uh, Mary, Jesus and Mary Chain in there. And they put Public Enemy in there. I go, no, these are great records, but don't fucking call them punk. Do not call Public Enemy punk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the Melvin's. What you're saying, yeah. They're, they're grunge, maybe, or they're whatever. Yeah. But come on. No, come on. No. Damn it. 30 no. seconds over. 30 seconds over Tokyo by Perubu. It's like one of the first punk records ever, dude. And it's sludgy as shit. And so it was a, were a lot of bands. But when all your songs are sludgy and uh, and when your hair looks like buzzes. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I love when, that. I love that. Know, Mike, the fashion police. <laughs> uh, once Buzz came up to me maybe 15 years ago and he's like, what's up? What's up, Mike? He's still playing punk. It's like, like, is that a diss? What do you mean by that? Like, and he he didn't he he meant it as a diss. Yeah, he wasn't being a smartass. Yeah, I think Dan- he's just being a smartass because he he a hundred percent. But Buzz is but but you and Buzz are like cut from the same cloth. Like you existing in the farm together at shows is fucking hilarious to me because you guys are the same dude. Lazy and uh, boring songs. <laughs> Shit. You know why he's so bitter? Because Nirvana took that same sound but wrote amazing songs. And it hurts. When you start a sound and another band comes by and just blows you away. And <laughs> Link did that to us. They took our sound kind of and got really popular. But that's fine with me because we're doing just fine. Are you are you happy with no effects place in history? Like as a punk band? Like Ooh. yeah. Much. Yeah. I'm I'm the bad news bears. Yeah. That movie changed my life. Mm-hmm. They lost. And they were the ones drinking beer and, you know, screw you. You can take your second place and shove it up your ass. And that's punk. That's, I've always thought, like, I don't want to be in the first place. I just want to be happy. And if you can figure out how to live your life happy, and it's not that hard, you just stop trying so hard. Yeah. Figure out I can do it. And no effects. You just, all the dudes in the band are so so cool, and when things go wrong, no one cares. It's like, ah, oh well. Let's go eat an onion and watch a movie, whatever. Yeah. You guys definitely are the most understanding people of each other because that book, it's like being on a roller coaster where yeah. it's just smelly shit for the first half and just like all that stuff. It's smelly's book. He's he's the most interesting. No, and then when you think it's over, the ride starts again, and it becomes Fat Mike's book once you turn forty. Yeah, that book is insane. I'm super proud of that book. <laughs> it's really, it, it's really. I edited and really pushed everything. And yeah, I I I will I'll say it's one of the best books about music ever written. Like it's one of the greatest biographies mm-hmm. ever done. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you so much. It it really is a uh, our our meteoric <laughs> rise to stardom. Yeah, it wasn't that. It was just like. Does that scare you to have written that and be so transparent? Because I feel like you, like the band, but specifically you, you're probably, I feel like you guys are judged harshly. Like you guys are always kind of looked under a microscope. Like, I feel like whether it's the things you say, like how much do you think that has to do with the fact that you run the, run a label that you're part of the museum? I say things that people 
Like when I started cross-dressing in public, people think mm. some stunt or something. No, it was yeah. free. Me. I was like, oh shit, I'm free now. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, this, this rapper dude was over here the other day and I, I still had a latex mini skirt on and a latex pink jacket. And I went swimming in my pool and looking at me like, no, I could, I could do, I do whatever I want. Yeah. Pools. And, and, it, but I don't hurt anybody. And I think, uh, it's, it's hard, but I feel like I'm a role model in a cool way. Cause uh, I just make things okay. And it hurts because a lot of people give me shit for it. And, and I'm a target. I'm a huge target. People yeah. don't Tim Armstrong, you know, or Greg yeah, that's what I'm wondering though. What do you think makes you a target? A lot. Because yeah, you put yourself out there. Like, if you put yourself out there, you're going to be rece receiving all different types of shit back, positive and negative. See themselves in a different way. And they may not like that. Why does he get to be rich and do whatever he wants and be happy? You know, yeah. it hurts. It, you know, we, it, the Dallas Cowboys in the seventies, no one liked them because they won all the time. It, you know, when X signed to a major, we all pissed at X, even though their music didn't change at all. But that's because it's like, you know, everyone's got their own religious adherence to their own definition of this thing. And because you've been successful with punk, people and, and feel betrayed by that. Like, I mean, by far. We do sorry, I, I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying, and it's weird because we're the biggest DIY band. We're the only big punk mm -hmm. band that went to a major. Everyone went to a major. And we just went to our own label. And now we're going out and all the shows were, there are shows. It's no Live Nation or AG. It's our shows. You know, we own the bar. It's our merch. It's, it's our tickets. And uh, it feels so good. It also feels so good to fucking put a punctuation mark on our career. And I get to say goodbye to all the people that have been so sweet to us for so long. And it, you know. do, you, do you think you're going to be able to walk away from it? I got so many friends that tried and just couldn't do it. I have, I have way more important things to do. I, I think this, you know, what's so funny? I was thinking about this earlier. Like I thought, like, what's he going to do after the band? And like, I don't know. Cause I, you're, you know, you're just synonymous to me with you. Not just all of you guys represent no effects, but you represent no effects as much as everyone else in the band does. And I'm like, what is he going to do? But to me, I guess the, the museum is your new, I don't know that maybe I'm assuming wrong, but is the, does it feel like your the museum's your, your new thing? No, no, the museum, I moved to Vegas for it, but it's mm -hmm. done. I mean, we're still going to do some things. We're yeah. Tighten the other shit, but it's wonderful. But it's what I'm interested in is bringing joy to people. And the museum mm -hmm. brings so much joy to people. Yeah. And the things I'm going to be doing in the future uh, are going to bring joy to way more people. And that's uh, that's what I like doing. Uh, you know, uh, I have to fucking with comedy because uh, it makes it brings joy. Yeah. But uh, no, it, 40 years, it's, it's it, what a wonderful career. I'm just not interested in it anymore. I don't want to go on stage because I have to yeah. play these songs and I have to be funny and jump. And, you know, I get loaded uh, and I have a good time, but I don't want to do it. I've done yeah. it. I won't have a hard time never doing it again. During COVID, I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. I remember uh, it was like Riot Fest 
um, in Colorado and you were, you were sober at the time and you were playing shows that period, like sober, what were those shows like to go back to doing that again? I I had a calendar and I'm like, I'm not drinking in St. Louis, no Kansas city. I would only drink in fun cities and half the time I was sober. It's fine. It's just doing a half hour set or an hour set is fine. When you got to play fucking an hour and a half in some club. No, feels like work and punk rock should never feel like work. Do you get nervous? I really do have a good time every night. I just don't want to do it anymore. Do you get nervous when you go out there still? Nah. Only in LA, San Francisco. No, because when you're a punk band and especially us, we can fuck up all night long and no one gives a fuck. It's charming. Yeah. But the weird thing is now I actually practice before the show. We all practice because we want to be really good on this last tour. So it's because it, we're good. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a bad no effect show. I've seen you guys like 30 Locked. times. But even when oh. it's bad, it's amazing. Like that's the thing about, I think, music and I think concerts and performance. They fucked up that song. You can't do that if you're in a pop band. Yeah. Or, well, jazz you can because they, they fuck up the whole time. It's all bad notes. But, uh, <laughs> you get, no, it's real. Like that's the thing. You're allowed to fuck up in a punk band and it's normal. So there's no pressure. You can just have fun. Uh, you know, and it's like comedy. How does that relate to comedy? Like you have to prepare. Yeah. That's what I'm learning. You have to fucking prepare. You yeah. Know you got to prepare. Yeah. It's weird because you got to prepare in a way. It depends on the kind of comedian you are too. You got to prepare in a way where you want, at least I do, but other people I think do this too, where you, you want to know where you're going, but you also don't want to sound writerly. You don't, you don't want to sound like, you know, every note, like, you know, every, you want to feel, even though you've done this joke 50 times, you want to feel like you're in the moment for it. You know what I mean? And you're just not reciting it, which is kind of like, you know, you got to find that feeling, which is, I guess, like what I envy about music is I feel like you. At least when I hear music, when I when I hear a song again, I'm like, oh, I still get that feeling. I don't know that jokes do that. That's why, like, sometimes I think jokes jokes only have a last. You know, there's a few classic jokes out there that people that are sort of timeless joke you can't listen to a comedy album 10 times yeah it's like you know what i mean like steve martin maybe yeah but i know what you mean yeah uh you know but you know i don't go to see bands i go to see comedians because it's just so much more fun and smart and the thing my problem is i've done like four uh routines and i just want to change it every time i go outside of the rainbow yeah and and I said, no, fuck, I'm doing new material. And yeah. I just wrote my new material. And it was cool. Because, you know, I was, you know the rainbow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just opened with, okay, I'm really nervous because, not because stand-up, because, uh, well, I can't, I'm at the rainbow. And uh, I thought this was a gay club. I mean, it's in West Hollywood. And it's called the rainbow. And <laughs> it looks for gay people. And, you know, and, uh, and rainbow. And- yeah, yeah. Your rainbow, but keep your fucking rainbow out of my sherbet. Yeah, <laughs> and it was fun to to be at a club where you can make jokes about. Yeah, yeah, of course. But being, do you tour as a comedian? Yeah, I tour as a comedian. I tour. I, you know, I uh, same set pretty much, except for a couple things. Uh, yeah, well, it depends because I'm trying to. You know, it's so funny when 
as a comedian, you when you hit your 10 at least for me now, I've been doing it 10 years. So now I have the chance to go on the road and headline. And so what I'm doing is a culmination of jokes that from the last 10 years. And I'm trying to like put in new stuff so I can get rid of old stuff. And the idea is that hopefully in like two years from now, if I record, if I like do a special, I can, that material will then just be gone and I can start over. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, especially if you put out comedy albums. Yeah. You know, you do that live. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. But yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because it's like comedy. I feel like it, it's dependent on a reaction to a punchline as we're like, for me, music's dependent on a feeling. You know what I mean? Like, oh, so, interesting. yeah, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, people react to music, but, but I feel like most people, when they go to, when they go to music, it's because it's dependent on how that music makes you feel. Emotional. Yeah, it's emotional, you know, and comedy can be that emotion. Yeah. And comedy can be emotional, but you don't want it to be too saccharine. You know, you don't want it. You don't want it to be too sweet. And you it needs to have an irreverence. But, you know, it's dependent on the punchline. And once that punchline, once everybody knows that punchline, you're kind of done. Yeah. It was yeah. Uh, the aristocrats, you know, yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Says it all. Yep. And have you seen uh the Lucy K show uh, with they on the bar horse and Pete. I love that show. Uh, I've watched it three times. Yeah. It's amazing. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah. And not funny, but no fucking. Yeah. Yep. He's a, he's fucking genius. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's a genius dude. Yeah. A little bit of a, he went through his shit. Definitely. Yeah, but yeah. It, that wasn't a big cancellation. No, uh, no. It was. It's no Harvey Weinstein bullshit. No, that's true. And there is a spectrum to this stuff. And you know, he didn't fire anyone. He, he was just. He was creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. I mean, I'm creepy. What, what kind? Of, I mean, I do. You know shit. what the? You know what the difference is? And and this is. I'm a fan of his as well. But the difference is, is that he wasn't transparent. You were trans. You're transparent about your life. Right. And consent. You know, I think, you yeah, know, consent, like yeah. consent, making sure like when I was at your hotel room that night, Mike, before the BDSM party started, everyone was told this is going to turn into a BDSM party. If you don't want to be here for this, leave. And granted, you did lay a guilt trip on me saying that I should at least stay and see what it looks like. And I did wind up staying and it's still one of the most fucking insane things I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, <laughs> but you did ask, you told everyone what was going to happen. Yeah, I told you. What would we do? Uh, I remember at one point you had a suction cup on your nipple that sucked your nipple to like a, I'd say two inches off you. It was like a <laughs> suction cup thing. Uh, there was a rubber gas mask involved. Uh, it was someone from, fuck, what band was it? It's Bachelor Party or the night before. And someone had something clamped on their balls and peed all over your carpet in the hotel room. I'm just sitting there, Chris, drinking like a diet soda. <laughs> just like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on here? But I had a... <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was the day after you had a white Russian made out of breast milk. Oh, no. That was that was in England. I did that. I thought it yeah. was in New Mexico. Sorry. Yeah, it's this chicken. I tied her up, and she, she had a baby, and I was milking her tits and put it into a cup and added some ice and vodka 
and yeah, you know, and everyone's like, oh, uh, bad. <laughs> I'm like, oh, so it's better if I did that to a cow. That's that seems weirder to me. To fucking, yeah. you know, a different species. When you put it like that, you're right. You're making a lot of good solid yeah. points with this breast milk <laughs> white Russian. Can't get enough milk to make a good white Russian. So that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's a stronger white Russian then. Uh, who's fucking calling me? Assholes. Why, why do people call anybody? Uh, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Hang. I, I want to. Uh, I want to do uh, some bits in front of you. And get oh some- yeah. No, I'd love it, man. I'm hoping to do that show together. Yeah, when you do stuff in front of a comedian, that's that's when you fucking learn shit. Yeah. You think you're badass and you're like, ooh. <laughs> I love that. The reason yeah, I started man. doing stand-up is because I saw CNN where there's the bombing episode where everyone's talking about bombing. And I'm like, yeah. I want to feel that. Oh, I yeah. Wanna... <sighs> yeah, wanna... bombing. I, 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 what does bombing as a musician feel like? Is, is there bombing as a musician? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, We've had it not, not in... A very long time. Yeah. It happens. Like we had to open for Muse once at this festival. I can't even fucking imagine you guys opening for Muse. I was, so, um, I was like, fuck all of you. Fuck your weird, stupid music and your eyeballs. And they had yeah. all these balls. And I was, I had a knife and I was, and I ended up doing the show just sitting on the stage because it's a big festival and no one wanted to see us because on the side stage, the specials were playing with Bad Religion. Uh-huh. And we had to play the main stage for more money. And Smalley's like, come on, dude, get into it. I'm like, fuck you. No. <laughs> Ever going to like us? I'm taking my money. Yeah. The specials. Can we stop? I did a, I did a gig like that recently. I did a, it was a, it was this gig. I, I, I did a university and the money was good. And, but I did it. I did a, a stand-up set in front of, for 30 minutes. It was me and a friend of mine's and it was for 30 minutes in front of like 18 year old kids and their parents and it was kind of the worst because 18 year olds just live a different life and my i don't do comedy that i think an 18 year old would like you know (laughs) so it was just like i was just so like oh shit man i just had to get through it i want yeah i want the challenge of that yeah oh yeah taking a taking a bomb on stage is bad yeah it happens to me all the time we bomb like a lot and it's fucking disastrous but (laughs) What's Doesn't up? Surprise. Surprise. Yeah. Well, I need to, I need to be a little zanier. That's my my thing. I'm just too uh Mike, okay? I don't do that anymore. I got new tricks. That's why people get bored. I don't do that. So I do that. I don't do that shit anymore. I, I moved on from that a long time ago, Mike. This is like you can ask I'm not gonna ask what does Damien do on stage? Tell me more. No, I'm not gonna uh <laughs> you know, GG Allen, speaking of GG Allen. Yeah. And also my online poker name is GG All In. I like that. Uh, his worst, his crazy show. You know, he yeah. he he did diarrhea poo poo on the stage, and he sucked it in his mouth and spit it on everyone. And I I hid behind Jello Biafra, and people were puking, and everyone bailed. My wife was like, "Out of here!" Yeah. And uh, he was so crazy, and but it was punk. It was like we're like, "Oh, this just happened." Yeah. And again, never what he did. You know, bleeding, hitting people with the mic, and knocking people out, blood everywhere. That'll never happen again, ever. Oh, yeah. there are bands. There are bands that did that. Not, not the poo poo stuff. I actually, there was a band that from Toronto that would shit on stage. Uh, <laughs> school jerks. 
The school jerks definitely shit in the pit a couple times. Is this Lucky? Hello. Hi, who's this? This guy. Guy? Oh, I'm doing an, an interview. Guy, I don't know. Oh, guy! My therapist! Jesus. I just got a leather daddy therapist. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a podcast right now. But, uh, oh, jeez. Okay, I gotta go, you guys. All right, well, All right, this has man. been great, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, Later. buddy. Later, my man. Have a good one, Mike. Thanks. Bye, guy. Hey, guy. Leave the, leave the call, Mike. Uh, no. I'm... <laughs> hey, cool. one more thing I want to tell you guys. What's that? The young oh, fucking asshole. All right, and that was uh, Fat Mike. Uh, yeah, Chris. that was it. Uh, thank you for uh, for doing this with me and and coming oh, on man. this project with me. No, dude, thank you for thinking of me and thank you. This is great. Like getting a chance to talk to people like a little more critically, a little more in depth. You know, like uh, kind of asking surface level questions. Like, you know, I th- I think this is great, man. I re- I really like. I think we're doing something cool and unique. Well, stay tuned. Uh, Chris, where can they find you on the road and on the interweb? Yeah, uh, you know, everybody can find me on Instagram. I'm at Chris Estrada comic. And then um, you can find my dates there. I have a link tree where you can find all my dates and I'll be performing for the rest of the year going going on tour and whatnot. I'm at left for Damien on X, I guess it's called and uh, and Instagram. And you can find Turned Out a Punk on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, the YouTube, the like. And I, we will see you on the next episode. All right. See you guys.